for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Blitz a podcast. Uh, it's been a minute, but as always, or semi-less frequently, it's uh, your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz. And I'm back in it with our homeboy, Mr. Mitchell McDonald. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Football season's finally kicking up. We got past that boring Hall of Fame game. Now we got some, I guess, a little more entertaining preseason games. Yeah, dude. And some yeah, fantasy starting last to night heat between, up. Uh, Seahawks and the Bears. Bears put a shellacking on Seattle, which was... Fun, not really fun to watch, but you know, are you watching the games right now? Because I don't actually have it on in the background. I'm watching the New England and uh, Panthers. Did you one. see? They uh, haven't fought yet. Which what is Max kind said of to Brian Burns. He was like, "Yeah, suck my nuts." Yeah, or something. dude. He was like, like Hold straight my up nuts, Baker bitch. on it too, <laughs> and then it started a whole fucking fight. And Mac, like, you could tell from like. His Pro Bowl, like, mic'd up moments, that that's exactly what he's like, like, on the field. And that's fucking awesome. Like, to be, that's why, that, that's why he's the best quarterback out of that rookie class. It's because he's got the confidence of, like, a all-pro quarterback. Well, after one year, yeah, the best yeah, after quarterback one, after class. One, we'll put an asterisk against it. But, yeah, you mentioned it. Football's kicking up. We got preseason games going on as we speak. Uh, but fantasy is really starting to roll. We just finished our eight-team uh, Duck League draft, which is our biggest draft of the year, my biggest draft of the year for sure. Um, we've had that league going. I mean, it's kind of seen different iterations, but, I mean, it's basically, if you want to count when I ran it back in high school, it's like 10 years or something. So, But, yeah, we had that. I was the only vir- uh, virtual participant, which kind of fucking sucked. Because uh, I am in Kentucky, but but yeah, feel good about my team. List me your first uh, four picks. My first four picks: I went Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Solid, and man. Saquon your and Mike Evans. Hey, nice. Uh, Travis Etienne. I've got. Uh, I went Jamar Chase with six, which was I knew that was gonna rock some people's boats, but. I do think we need to tell the listeners yes. that we did do a we pick did. swap. So yeah, we were coming so Aaron Jones, I know he doesn't fall like too far past that like two three turn. Like he into the three, he's getting drafted the beginning three. So like but he was dropping more than like usual and I knew that Levi wanted him and I thought that you might want him too, because I knew how high you were on him. So I did. I just wanted. Yeah. To, I wanted Mike Evans at the turn of the third. He's and fourth. a value. I knew I He's wasn't going to get him at like, my at spot. That spot. But yeah, I traded up. Uh, yeah, sure did rock my boat. Says uh, Chloe. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah, I did. We did that trade, and I uh, moved up to get Aaron Jones, and then with uh, that second pick, I think I went. No, I went Kamara, and then I went Jones at the three. 
And then in the fourth, I went Michael Pittman. And then, mm-hmm. and then I went uh, yeah, Terry McCoy. Did. I was going to draft Terry in that spot. Like, I was debating it, but I thought I was going to get clowned. And I knew that I could probably get him later. So I was like, I'll wait. So, yeah. But, I mean, now it's got me all yeah, well. horned up for uh, fantasy football season. I'll say that. But I'm hype. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At the same time, while Kane was virtual, we gave, we set his camera up right in front of it, but the loser of our league had to eat Carolina Reaper wings for every pick he had. Well, we ended up just doing it for every pair of picks and he, he was had. In so he, was pain. Pain. <laughs> so, uh, he was in so much pain. He was in so much pain, Simultaneous ones would hurt. Oh, my God. He was... I thought he was going to be yeah. in tears, just throwing up. Going to need a stomach yeah. pumped or something, but he is a trooper. He didn't eat, like, the last two rounds he Sam, had. Uh, Sam <laughs> Coleman, we hope it. you're uh, recovering easy, my friend. <laughs> but, all right, without further ado, let's fucking dive into some football talk. And we've got some exciting, uh, interesting stuff on the slate today. Uh, we're going to talk about our power rankings now that those are out in full on the Instagram. Uh, we came out with consensus rankings for all 32 NFL teams. Uh, you can see them above, but I'll go ahead and list off the top 10. Uh, at 10, we had the 49ers. At 9, we had the Broncos. Coming in at 8, we had the Ravens. At 7, we had the Bengals. Uh, KC, Kansas City, we had a number 6. Uh, Green Bay was at number five. Rams were at number four. Bucks were at number three. Chargers at number two, and the Bills at number one. Um, I feel like we're all feeling pretty good about how that turned out. But we also put together uh, offensive ranks and um, defensive ranks, and then we made those consensus. But me and Mitch, we're going to compare some of our most separated offenses compared to our rankings. Uh, we'll do three of the offenses. Then we'll do three of the defenses that we saw the most difference on, in our opinions. And then we'll do uh, consensus, which obviously there's going to be less of a drop-off for consensus because we were kind of just like all in unison on our ranks. I mean, they were pretty similar, but we do have some acute differences, so I'm looking forward to talking about it. But <clears throat> let's dive in. So first thing we're going to talk about, and this was kind of the first polarizing thing that came out of this whole process <laughs> when we started to put together these offensive ranks and that is the Arizona Cardinals offense. So, Mitchell has the Cardinals, and also the the two other members of the Blitz pod also have them in similar standards. I think you might have them higher. Yeah. I think they held them lower. I think I was the second highest on them yeah. behind you. So, and there was a, quite Mitchell, a you, had him at the, you had the Cardinals offense at 13, and I had them coming in at the number two overall offense in the NFL this year. So, I guess I'll go ahead and uh, try to defend this. Yeah, I'll go ahead and try to defend you this. You defend um, yourself. I don't know how much of a good job I'm going to do, but because looking back on this, I'd probably drop them down a little bit. But I do feel like they are at least top ten. At least, for sure. Probably top six. So, here's my case, man. So you got Kyler Murray, obviously, he's pissed this year too because of all the shit that's been going on in the offseason and people doubting him with his video games and like, I mean, the stats don't lie though. Like I was just looking at it yesterday, like when God season comes out, Kyler does really tend to suck, but like 
Now, I think that's going to be less of the case. He just signed a big deal. Um, he's all in on the football, I assume, for now. But then you look on the running back side. James Conner, they just signed him to a three-year deal, I believe. I forget the uh, money amount. I believe it was in uh, the 50 millions range somewhere. But he led the league. No, did not lead the league in rushing touchdowns last year because Jonathan Taylor did. But he had the second most at 16, I believe, right? Yes, I think he had 19 total, so he was just behind Eckler and Taylor, right. who tied exactly. for the most total touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And but the question with lot. James Conner, like, I mean, the offensive production was absolutely fucking fantastic last year. Uh, we always knew that he was the ground and pound, um, he can rush in at the goal line kind of guy, but he became somewhat more of a receiving threat last year, which we hadn't really seen too much out of James Conner before. So I really like to see that. They brought in um, the, I would play devil's advocate the opposite way on James Conner real quick. The one concern that everybody brings up is the injuries. And yes, the Arizona Cardinals now do not have Chase Edmonds, and they're a little short in the depth of their backfield. So if James Conner goes down with an injury, but let's assume that he plays a whole healthy season and puts up, I mean, the production they put up last year is not going to maintain. But, I mean, they obviously... He's their yeah, franchise no running back. I mean, they paid him the money to be their franchise running back after coming in with 19 total touchdowns. I mean, that's a franchise guy. Why are you giving me that look? Just look at the stats. He okay. didn't even have four yards per carry. He had 3.7 yards per carry last year. Yeah. It was all okay. touchdowns. And a lot of it's because people are afraid Murray's going to run. So he just... Yeah. Fair enough. Right we do in. have uh, some James Conner debate coming up in a little bit later when we get into our fantasy preview. But I'll move on with the rest of the team. Uh, D-Hop obviously suspended for the beginning part of the season. But Hollywood Brown, dude, are we putting together how dominant this guy is going to be this year? I mean, linking up with his former NFL quarterback, or not former NFL quarterback, uh, but his high. former quarterback in college that made him the prospect that was drafted by the Ravens. I mean, Kyler Murray made Hollywood Brown. And now you reunite him with Kyler. It's going to be fantastic. I mean, the chemistry's already there. Now, nah, when you look on the trenches side. Phew. Yeah. Yeah, that, that I'll is also mention uh, Zach Ertz. <laughs> I expect a good year out of Zach Ertz this year. Um, I feel like he's been stuck in Philly with bad quarterback play. So I expect Zach Ertz, and he had <clears throat> he showed flashes last year of his old self, and then also Rondell Moore I think is a great candidate to break out this year. Apparently they're unleashing him, which I don't know what that means. Um, sounds like a bunch of malarkey to me, but um, he's a really talented guy. He's really fucking fast, and he's really talented. Obviously, I'll say it twice to put extra emphasis on it. Um, but highly touted prospect coming out of uh, Purdue. And I think he's going to be a dog. And you've got him lining up next to Hollywood Brown, who's going to be the main target anyway. And then D-Hop, like, the loss of D-Hop is not that big of a deal. Like, you look at his production. Maybe it'll rejuvenate them. Like, right when they usually start to fall off, he just comes yeah, right dude, back in and it helps them get well, out of the Well, that's the only that thing that he can him. do in the, at this point in his career now. Because, like, we saw last year, the old D-Hop is dead, dude. Like, 
100 catch, hundred catch, thousand yard receiver D Hop. Do you think we'll ever see that again? I think we're very far from that. I think it's just a weird timing. Like this might be his last true prime D Hop year, and he's going to miss. We didn't see prime D Hop last year, though. But it also could help him at the same time. He was lingering on that hamstring injury. He never got over that. It was rough to watch him play. Mm -hmm. He was a decoy most of the time when he was out there. I mean, you look at the start of the season, everybody had him probably like top five guaranteed fantasy receiver. Nobody was trading him because they were so high on him. And then, boom, you get stuck with him with a bum hamstring. One thing that could be a saving grace, like I don't think he's going to ever come close. Like stat line projection for DeAndre Hopkins in a full season, which he's not going to play this year. But if you were playing a full season this year, 70 catches, 800 yards. And that's optimistic. I, I give him the uh, just possession receiver yeah. benefit of the doubt. Give him in the 80s. And I think he could crack 1,000. Just because if you get that much volume and you're not getting to 1,000, they're giving you nothing routes. And I think it's just explosive enough of an offense for right. him to um, probably get back to it. His goal line, uh, his red zone efficiency and his red zone threat is undeniable. That's... I, that's why I'm mentioning the catches in the yards because he's going to get double-digit touchdowns. Like He might come back and get double-digit touchdowns because he's just that kind of a dog in the end zone. So I think those are all really good points to put Arizona possibly at two, but definitely a lot higher than 13. But show me why uh, the trenches are so bad, man. I mean, you got... Rodney Hudson on his last legs pretty much is the focal point. And he didn't really. He's been injury prone lately, so he's kind of an asterisk. And then you got DJ Humphreys as your starting left tackle. I mean, he's okay. He'd probably he's probably on par with Riley Reef, in my opinion, just like a guy you can throw in there. No, he's not gonna be an absolute liability, but the rest of the offensive line. Yikes. I, that's why I'm not high on Connors, that offensive line, and that Hopkins is going to be out for six games. I did rank them higher than the other two guys, but it's mostly because I do really like that receiving core. I think they have a chance to do something special. And Kyler Murray kind of a dark horse for MVP, in my opinion, because he's going to come in with a bunch of fire underneath of him after people say, calling him lazy, doesn't watch film pretty much. Call of Duty comes out, he's going to start sucking. But you give him Zach Ertz, Marquise Brown, and Rondale Moore for six games with Hopkins coming back, that is a good, good receiving core. And then you have Trey McBride, the rookie tight end, who was the highest-touted tight end prospect in this uh, this last year's class. If he can just somewhat scratch the surface of what I think he's able to do, this offense is going to be massive receiving. I'm not big on the running game. I, I like James Conner as a person. That's, that's never – when you start a sentence like of, that, it's not going to He doesn't flash in the run game. <laughs> I love him as a person. He doesn't really flash in the run game for me. Like, it's – he'll get you a few yeah. yards, but it's not explosive. His receiving is solid, but they have other – What do you think, Eno Benjamin? As well. Yeah. Like, you know, I put Eno Benjamin in my top 50. Fine. Uh, I definitely think, uh, with, 
kind of sneak peek towards the fantasy debate. There is no way Connor gets that many touchdowns. He might be able to get to his four yards per carry average, unlike last year, but there's no way he gets that many touchdowns. Eventually, Kyler's going to have to start running them in himself or just passing in general. That offensive line was the only reason why I couldn't crack them in the top 10 because Kyler seems to magically get hurt every year at some point or another, and it's because he's getting thrown to the wolves because he's got nobodies in front of him. And then without Hopkins this first six games, I think it's going to be rough, a little rough, having Rondale Moore try to step up into the definitive wide receiver two spot. He'll definitely improve. Yeah, but no, I totally don't think understand he's quite that. For it. Um, one thing we also got to mention though, Cliff Kingsbury knows his shit, dude. Like, I mean, through ten weeks last year, they were the most electric offense in the NFL. It wasn't close, correct? He's, they were one of the most predictable offenses, though. Once people realized, because I'm pretty sure it was um, AJ Green and D Hop were ninety percent of their routes were just outside on the same exact side, never seeing, never doing anything. It was just the same thing every time. No real difference in formation on certain routes or anything. He just doesn't change his game plan, which, I mean, he comes up with a good game plan to start the year. It's just he doesn't adapt. And I feel like that's a large reason why they fall off every year is because he's just so used to being able to dominate using mm-hmm. one thing all the time in college yeah. Yeah. and just didn't change it up. Well, he didn't even dominate that much in college, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same thing happened then. People yeah, adjusted but to him. nevertheless, a good debate there because we've seen the good sides of the Arizona offense and we've seen the bad sides. There's a lot of question marks. I mean, one, the most glaring being D-Hop, and then you've got whether or not James Conner can stay healthy this year, whether or not Rondell Moore, you mentioned it, could step into a wide receiver two role. Can he really live up to what he was drafted as, you know? So what was he? It's, he was the second-round pick. Yeah, I mean, that's that's an investment. Yeah, he was. I mean, he should be fucking good in the wide receiver two role. So, or else it's a la- it's a waste of investment. So, all right, <clears throat> let's move on to our next offense on the slate, and that is the Buffalo Bills. So, you, much like our uh, other podcasters on the Blitz, have the Bills at number two at the offensive ranks. And I have them sitting at number 10, which is the only reason they're not sitting at 2, <laughs> and why they're sitting at 4 in the consensus <laughs> offensive ranks. Um, I'll go ahead and give my concerns real quick, because there's not not a whole ton, because they're still top 10, you know, but I'll go ahead and give my concerns. So, first off, I mean, Josh Allen, obviously, he's going to be the best quarterback in the league this year. I, I mean, that's, I think, as a community of football and analysts, I feel like, if we want to call ourselves into that community. Um, a lot of people think that Josh Allen is going to be, no question, the best quarterback in fantasy and in the NFL this season. But look at his weapons, dude. Yeah, you got Stephon Diggs. All right. But I'm not a believer in Gabe Davis. I'm not. I did. I did. Didn't you just draft him? And he fell, <laughs> like, that's the classic case. Like, he fell too far, and I was like, all right, man. Like, fuck it. I'll just, yeah. yeah oh, that was I'll me with DK. But I'm not a fan of Gabe Davis, dude. He had one extremely, extremely record-setting fucking bonkers game. But 
I didn't know really who Gabe Davis was before that. Did you? I knew it because yeah. he was vulturing touchdowns for people. He was kind of lost in the shuffle. They had two yeah. other good no, receivers out of him. Well, three other if you count Diggs, too. I I was talking about fighting for the, like, the second and third targets, but... It's a loaded offense, yeah, no, so it's hard for him like, to shine. I mean, if his talent was really that good to be the wide receiver two, he would have been wide receiver two. And he... He had some yeah, I mean, he's, to do. He are we convinced that like he's like at his full potential now? I don't think so. We haven't seen enough out of Gabe Davis, in my opinion. Like, dude, that game was fucking bonkers. But you know how many people will do that week one of this year? <laughs> well, like guys, like Jamar not Chase. like Jamar Chase, like fucking <laughs> Sammy Watkins is probably like gonna that. go for his classic two touchdown, hundred yard performance. Yeah, exactly. On week one, and are we putting like if it's a younger? Anything. I'm trying to think of a guy that is comparable to a Gabe Davis. Yeah, like Williams, I guess, but older. He's always but, prone for the big like, blowout. I don't take a lot of stake in point. the week one, like boom games like I don't really I'm looking to trade off those guys like as quick as possible and it feels like Gabe Davis like that's what happened just like basically if you take out the offseason a week earlier it was a it was a boom week like okay that's fucking great but everybody does and now we want to all of a sudden people are putting him in the top 20 and like christening uh, christening him as like the new wide receiver in fantasy I'm sorry dude like it's I don't I don't believe in it. But I've got faith in Isaiah McKenzie. On the running back side, Devin Singletary will lose his job this year. He does not belong in the NFL as a running back um or an NFL player. Uh but yeah. <laughs> James uh, James Cook is definitely going to take that job by week 6, hopefully. Um, but, yeah, I think the Devin Singletary show is over in Buffalo. But, yeah, if James Cook steps up into that role, he's just a rookie. It's not like he's going to put up crazy production. Um, Dawson Knox, I'm a fan. But the offensive line doesn't scream to me like that. The, bi- the big reason why you put the Cardinals down was because of the trenches. And I don't see anything about the Buffalo Bills where it's like they don't have a really strong number two wide receiver. They don't really have a really strong running back. They've got... The classic Josh Allen Diggs combo, but like, I mean, there's other combos like that, and they're not it too, you know. So, give me, give me your explanation. Yeah, I mean, the offensive line is the only reason why I didn't put them at one because they're a bunch of serviceable guys. Like, all of these guys are starters in the NFL, but you're not elated to be starting them and i'm pretty sure Spencer brown is the backup at right tackle but he could easily be starting he's got a lot of potential i like him him and dawkins are they could be a very solid duo at tackles for them but gabe davis i just like his potential like i don't necessarily think he's going to be the next elite receiver or anything like that but he kind of adds an element to this offense he's a big fast receiver and Josh Allen has a big, strong arm. He's going to be able to take the top off of defenses the way that Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley didn't. Is I he, liked the duo of Gabe Davis. Is Gabe and Davis going to be taking the top off better. defenses? I think it's going to be more like guys like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he true. just did it to Kansas City. He's yeah. he has the potential to is my biggest thing. I don't know mm-hmm. if he'll be consistent doing it or anything like that. 
But I like this duo better than what they had with Beasley and mm-hmm. Sanders because Crowder, great slot receiver. He just finds a way to carve open space. And Davis is much more intimidating to guard than the likes yeah. of a 30-something-year-old Emmanuel Sanders. There's been a lot of good it's talks about uh, Isaiah, Isaiah McKenzie, too, coming out of camp. I mean, apparently he's like lightning in a bottle. So, to be completely honest with you, yeah. To be completely honest with you... The gadget guy. I mean, on the surface, I think that Isaiah McKenzie and Jameson Crowder have a much better chance at finishing wide receiver two as far as production goes in that offense than Gabe Davis. I think Davis, I just like his athletic intangibles. I think that's what's driving me to have such an upside on him. Dawson Knox, solid tight end, too. I mean, he's probably realistically around 10-ish in pure talent-wise, but he's in a good offense, so he looks better. And then the run backs. I mean, Singletary might not necessarily completely lose his job because Cook isn't exactly like a power back guy that you're going to be giving 20 carries a game to but you want him on the field because this is a good passing offense and now the linebackers have to pay attention to him out of the backfield yeah unlike they were I mean doing James Cook has got to be a better in between the tackles runner than Devin Singletary right I mean shit I had hoped that that's the worst running back do in the league it was yeah bro we've been like this is the best running back this is a, a team set up now. for a Super Bowl don't get me wrong but what are we doing with Devin Singletary as your fucking running back, bro? Jesus Christ, that is bad. But what makes you so – co- I'm trying to think elsewhere. of teams. So, like, <laughs> Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup, for example. Like, what separates that kind of offense from the Bills? Like, because in my mind okay. – I think the Bills' offensive are you line putting, is slightly better. Because they just – they got – ripped to shreds. I'm just trying to figure out, like, you put them so high because what makes you so excited about this offense? Is it Allen and Diggs? Okay. It's mostly Allen. Allen, the quarterback is usually... I feel like most of the teams in our top five were because of the quarterback. It has that much weight involved. And that's why I couldn't put Kyler in them more because he was... They were more true to where I have him ranked as an actual quarterback. I pushed him a little behind because I was worried about Hopkins not playing in the offensive line, so that was just another knock for me. But if they had Hopkins the whole season, I probably would have put Arizona in the top ten. And then the Bills, they do have somewhat of a lackluster offensive line, but you can work with what they have. And I, it's going to be fresh faces on the offense receiving-wise and in the backfield, I guess, too. I think it's just something they're going to be able to work out and Perhaps take it a notch further than Fair enough. And I mean, with a guy like years. Josh Allen, I think he's on pace to be MVP this year. Um, I mean, that sounds. Mm-hmm. And I imagine I think he's the front runner, runner right now. Year. And you could do so many things in an offense with Josh Allen. Like you can do. Yeah, exactly. You don't like, need design good runs with Josh, Josh Allen. Like how many quarterbacks <laughs> can you do that with? He's fucking massive, bro. Like he, I'm not concerned about him getting injured. Like the likes of Kyler or Lamar because he's like, yeah, he's the Empire State Building. It's big. Yeah. He'll just run you over. He's not worried he's about getting wall, run over. Dude. He's, he's doing like the run so, over. So, yeah, I I love Josh Allen this year, but I'm not as big on the offense as you are. But agree to disagree <laughs> with the rest of the Blitz family. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. We all ranked them too. <laughs> yeah, alone. And a lot of these I'm alone in my camp by myself. So, but all right, let's keep it rolling. And the last offense that we're gonna throw to some baits back and forth on is the Las Vegas Raiders. So, I had the Raiders coming in at seven, and Mitch, you had them coming in in the around the middle of the pack at fifteen. So, I'll go ahead and make my case. I just said it about Josh Allen. I think Derek Carr, well, fantasy quarterback, probably not top five. I think he'd be a top five quarterback in the NFL this year. Like, just purely, like, leading his team to wins. I think now with now that he's got, I mean, what does Derek he's Carr have? that outline. <laughs> yeah. What does Derek Carr has never had? I mean, he had Amari Cooper, but Amari Cooper, like, Amari Cooper, Devontae Adams, dude. Like, it's such a wide margin. Like, he has not had a receiver. He was this close to getting A.B. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he had right. for a few weeks of training camp. Yeah, exactly. And then I don't know if he saw Derek Carr throw a ball or what, but I heard the rumor is he saw them throwing a ball, and he was like, nope, <laughs> that's not it. But I think this is a new Derek Carr, man. I think what we saw out of him last year, especially in the Chargers game at the end of the year, fucking impressive. That dude can lead a team, and I've said this before, like, there's only a handful of quarterbacks that can win a game by themselves in the league, and I think Derek Carr is one of those guys. He he will put the team on his back and make plays that should not be made. And He is a culture guy. He's good for that. Yeah, 100%. A huge leader, too. Like, he's going to have this team cooking. He's going to have this offense popping off. Uh, you got the weapons. Devontae Adams, as I mentioned. Hunter Renfro coming off an amazing breakout season. And then you've got Darren Waller, fucking boss, who didn't have that great of a season last year, but put up a, he was the center, center point of the offense the year before. Um, and then you got Josh Jacobs. Uh, Josh Jacobs. Um, me I'm and you are both out that. on Josh Jacobs, I think. <laughs> I had I very similar vibes about Josh Jacobs. That job. Oh, yeah, me too. I get similar vibes. I think Josh Jacobs is more talented, but I get similar vibes about Josh Jacobs that I do Devin Singletary. I think his NFL career is over. Like he'll be a nice like rotational piece somewhere. I don't think he's going to be an overwhelming starter. Yeah. I mean, the guy was getting like thirty carries in games last year and not even getting ninety yards. He is just so volume dependent, and Josh McDaniels is not about to give one running back that many looks if he brings anything similar to what he had in New England. Yeah, and I mean, for the most part, for a while, the Raiders depended on that ground and pound run game, and because they had nursed, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> and now they just they Josh Jacobs is not that guy, and it sucks because he was drafted as a first round running back. That's an investment right there, dude, and kind of pooped out for him. But yeah, I love this team. Um, the trenches is where it gets a little little shady, of course. Um, I'm <laughs> they not, have one good starter, yeah, and the I, rest of the guys should not be on the roster. I will not claim to be very uh, well-versed in offensive linemen, um, but from the names on here, I only recognize one. That's Alex Leatherwood, uh, Alec Leatherwood, and it's because he's so fucking bad at his job. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I know I wrote the X Factor for this one, and I put... Alex Weatherwood slash Nicholas Petit Freer because they're going to be fighting for that right tackle spot and they're going to suck. 
in a good division where all three teams have good pass rushers on both ends. Just, they're going to have a bad matchup no matter what. The offensive line is what really tanked this for me because it's so bad that I would have had them probably around 10-ish. Mm-hmm. Colton Miller is a good offensive lineman. He is a good left tackle. He's probably top 10 in the league, in my opinion. But the rest of the guys should not be starters. And then Denzel Good retired. One of their actual like solid offensive linemen retired right before the season starts. I I like Carr. He's probably bouncing around 10-ish in my quarterback ranking, somewhere just inside or just outside of Waller. Honestly, I think a lot of Waller's hype is because he had to be wide receiver one for a while. Yeah. And I'm he'll probably be He's talented enough fantasy. to be a wide receiver one though. Like he's talented yeah. enough to be the top target in an offense. Any offense in my opinion. I just the offensive line worries me because what Adams requires is he needs time. His routes take a little bit of time. He'll be good fantasy and everything like that. It's just he car is going to be under duress all season. Yeah. And I don't think the running game is going to be strong enough to open up real play action opportunities. Renfro probably going to get a lot of work again mm-hmm. just because bad offensive line, slot guy, you just throw it to him quick. And Devontae is going to get uh, open quick too. Like, I mean. He's good. Waller is my biggest concern with that offense, like out of those big three. And then I, it's just, I see the potential because I like Carr. As much as it hurts me to say I like a Raiders player, I like Derek Carr. He is a nice guy. He's fiery, and he wills this team to wins they should not have. <laughs> With his play, though, just, like it's not like just because he's a leader and a great guy and all this shit. Like, dude, he's got a fucking cannon of an arm. Like he was sl- like I like I said I think specifically back to that Chargers game where his arm was doing everything. Like I mean. He was going toe to toe with yeah. Justin Herbert, throw to throw. Like I don't know about throw to throw. Yeah. He, they got a little luck. We were terrible, and we started really well against the run, and then after a ton of penalties, defense got worn down. They just ran it down the dick, trying to eat clock. Yeah, I'm sorry, I keep bringing this shit up too. <laughs> I'm, I'm still mad about that BS pass interference call where it's 15 yards away from Zay Jones in the end zone and then they get a one yard rushing touchdown before half. That still annoys me. Nowhere near it. (laughs) Just air it out real quick. All right, let's move on to uh, the defensive side of the ball. And we got three defenses just like we had three offensive on the slate for you. So let's dive into it. First off is the... Most polarizing one. Uh, Cardinals was mentioned first. (laughs) Yeah, Cardinals was mentioned first on the offensive side. And then we were like, oh, shit. (laughs) There's, where'd you, so, I forget where the other guys had him. But you had the Steelers at nine. And I'm pretty sure the other fellas had them at least in single digits, right? Jaden obviously had him the hot, actually, no, they both had him at four. They had him as top five. Jesus we were the Christ. lowest ones on them. Yeah. And I, you're sitting at nine. We got Tyler and Jaden sitting at four. I've got them sitting at 24, dude. Now, I will make the statement right we off the bat. Yeah, right off the <laughs> bat, if I were to redo these right now, definitely not the case. Like, they're probably, but I'm definitely the lowest on them out of all you guys, and they're 
hell no. Not a top five defense. That is blasphemy, dude. Blasphemy. I have them outside. Yeah, I, I can't quite put them in there. No, no. Because let's go down this roster on the defensive side. Okay, Minka. Yeah, Minka's a dog. Like, just signed a new contract, too. Yeah, a little overrated. Um, apparently, he's doing really well in camp, though. Some people have been floating around defensive player of the year, which I don't know if Minka could win that at this point in his career, but uh, we we shall see. Um, and then Edmonds stinks ever since they drafted him, really. Um, <laughs> then on the, on the rest of the secondary, Levi Wallace. Raise your hand if you heard of that fellow. Okay. All right. Bill's legend. Uh, he was solid. And then it's a, at Keel Witherspoon. Yeah, Keel Witherspoon. Anybody? Not me. Former 49. Oh, okay. Former Seahawk. Okay, so j- he's journeyman. He grades out fine in PFF. He's just not a flashy guy. You know who he else graded out really guy. good in PFF? And the only reason I think of this is because it fucking haunts me. He's still on the team. Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson had one of the best years of PFF ever, and then comes out, and we sign him to a big deal, and he fucking stinks, man. (laughs) Yeah, so, signing... Well, you know who graded horribly? Minka. He was in the 50s. The PFF defensive statistics are crazy, but, dude, that secondary is non-existent. Minka can't just run around and cover every single receiver. Um, He's not even a fucking corner, so what are you going to do there? That's really bad. Um, linebacker core, Devin Bush has not lived up to the hype. He's probably headed. They did not extend him or uh, extend a fifth year option for him, so he's probably headed out of town after this year. Which, I mean, that can't be mean good things for his play this year. You know, he's probably pretty fucking discouraged. Um, and then Miles Jack, I like the Miles Jack acquisition, but he's not your grandfather's linebacker. I don't know how to say that. Like, yeah, he's not like, he's not your grandfather's linebacker. Like, he's mostly a pass coverage guy. Like, he's mostly a pass coverage guy. So, it's not that classic, like, Steeler defense that you're thinking. He's not. They do need a better run defense. If you're looking for a a James Harrison, Lamar Woodley type of linebacker guy, this is not your, not it. But, But, yeah, I don't even know who the other guy is. Sutton? Oh. Cam Sutton, slot corner. Okay, gotcha. Um, He's pretty solid. I mean, they have serviceable guys in the secondary. That was their goal. Their defensive line, that is their brother. We're not calling them – I'm not calling them serviceable. You can do that. You're (laughs) not speaking for me when you say that, though. (laughs) I'll let Jaden complain in the comments later in our group text when he hears us. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, okay, TJ White, he's he's a god. I – wouldn't be shocked at all if he wins Defensive Player of the Year this coming year. Again. But, T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward, Larry Okunjobi. Now, Larry Okunjobi, I would categorize him as a serviceable player. Maybe slightly above serviceable. Yeah. Like, he's kind of tailing away. I feel like he's getting passed around the AFC North like he's a piece of trash at this but point. But a bigger Nobody wants a bigger name than either Levi Wallace, Witherspoon, Sutton. Like, I've never heard of those guys. Like, Okunjobi's more serviceable than the secondary is. I think he's a better acquisition than the guys that they got to replace the secondary. You disagree? I think... I do like Levi Wallace a little more. Than Ogunjobi. Personally, I like him a little more. He's 
I mean, it's he was the weak link of the Bills secondary, obviously, because it's Bills secondary. If you look at the names they had on that defense, someone had to be the weak link. But he, I, he's a good, he's a solid starter in the NFL, I think, in terms of cornerback. But cornerback's kind of iffy, depends on how much you're asked of. I think they're gonna ask them to pretty much just do good enough because this is a good enough pass rush that they're not going to have to worry about locking down. Yeah, but that's been the fucking case like the past like 5 years. It's like their their corners like Joe Hayden's been and running that well bitch. Joe Hayden's been running that bitch for the last like 5 years. He's not there anymore. Like he was getting so old, bro. Like nobody noticed. Like that secondary sucked ass before and it was the reason why if anything happened on the defensive side, it was because of the secondary. It was because of their mistakes. And now you're like, "Okay, let's just go into the offseason downgrade at the position that we've pro- we've needed to upgrade at for 5 years. Everything else is pretty much like linebacker core needed some addressing, of course. But I mean, everything else has been basically good to go and they just haven't decided to address it. And if you don't, they're getting worse on the defensive side. They're not getting any better. And their defense wasn't all that last year. I mean, T.J. Watt, bro. T.J. Watt won Defensive Player of the Year. Yes, he did. And T.J. Watt, if this were an individual player ranking, T.J. Watt is the best defensive player in the league. Sure, why not? But the Steelers team? Sorry, man. You go ahead and give your case. They have probably a top five definitively defensive line. You got Cam Hayward, Alex Highsmith, and TJ Watt. Highsmith is ascending. He was a steal for them in the draft. He's turning into a good pass rusher at this point. I just think they needed guys that are good enough in the secondary. Obviously, we're going to have our differences on the quarterback room. (laughs) I think they are just good enough to manage not going to be any flashy play like massive pick sixes, lock down corners or anything like that. I don't think that is their forte at this point. They are all about stacking that defensive line and forcing the quarterback to not make good enough pinpoint precision passes so they don't need as good of corners. And Miles Jack is going to be pretty much the make or break of this defense. If he actually improves and can help in the run defense way more than what Devin Bush was ever doing, this is going to be a definitive top 10 defense. They might be able to push up the top five, but I'm not that optimistic of it because the secondary is a little iffy in my mind. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I 24, definitely a stretch, but top five, in my opinion, yeah. is an even bigger stretch, which two of our friends at the Blitz have them in the top five. So, like One of them had a little bit of a homer on it. Yeah, it yeah. A bit of a homer. and like I know TJ Watt won defensive player of the year and that's what you want to think of like oh like the deep the guy who's playing for the the TJ Watt plays for the Steelers the Steelers defense must be pretty good because TJ Watt won defensive player of the year like I think that's pretty naive I think that's pretty naive but I know that wasn't the thought process I know that but I mean simplified (laughs) yes (laughs) simplified but all right Let's dive into our next defense, shall we? And we should enjoy this one because it is your very own L.A. Chargers. So, I have the Chargers sitting at the 8th best defense in the league. Still top 10. You have them sitting... I'm glad we're consensus on top 10. At least. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Not 24 to 9. Yeah, that's nice. But, 
I have him sitting at eight, and then you have the defense for the Chargers sitting at number two overall. Go ahead and shoot your shot, man. Give it to me. I mean, reality, I mostly need four names, and then the rest are just money. You tell me Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on the same defense. Khalil Mack looking sharp as ever in camp. He cooked Tyron Smith the other day. J.C. Jackson, Derwin James. Derwin James, highest paid safety in the league now. Every penny of it was earned because he is not safety. We throw him literally everywhere on that defense. But then you look at some of the other guys in the secondary. Nasir Adderley, I've had my issues with him. I know I've ranted about him to you guys, but he is a solid run defender. And then we drafted JT Woods to be the deep coverage guy because he can't tackle and Nas can. They are polar opposites. And then as the other corners we have, Bryce Callahan, Asante Samuel Jr., and Michael Davis, who actually has been playing really well so far. He had a few, I think he had a pick off a of Dak in practice the other day. Honestly, Asante and Michael Davis were not a bad starting duo last year. It's just they had the puzzle piece in. Asante had two concussions. Davis had a hamstring issue and COVID. The one big concern I have this year is not our interior defensive line anymore like it was last year. It's our linebackers. We're starting we're, – we're praying that Kenneth Murray can actually materialize again because we asked a much different role than what Anthony Lynn asked of. He has to actually – be aware of what's going on in the field and keep a mental checklist. Be aware of everybody else's roles. And he was lost in coverage sometimes. I mean, that pass interference he had in the last game, I think it was Josh Jacobs was going up for a pass. He's back too and just running into him. <laughs> just gave him a free 25 yards pretty much. And Drew Tranquil is probably our number one linebacker, which hurts to say because he is so mid at best, below average linebacker in the league. But I think our interior defensive line has improved a lot for the run game purposes. I'm a big fan of Sebastian Joseph Day. His, his year got cut short last year because he tore his peck. But he is a run stuffer and a half. He's not amazing in the pass rush, but there's <laughs> going to be holes opening up with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Yeah. He's bound to get a few in there. Yeah. He, I believe he was... One of the he's top five graded for run defense two years ago when he was playing fully healthy. Austin Johnson, we overpaid like crazy for him, but he's a good run stuffer as well. And then we just have mixed match pieces going in for pass rushing purposes behind that. Like Morgan Fox, hopefully Jerry Tillery's not on the team come week one. <laughs> wasted ten million dollars, wasted first round pick. But Jeez. I feel like this team does not really have any glaring weaknesses other than linebacker, which you can hide in today's NFL, and we have Derwin James, so he can play linebacker if needed. Yeah. I'm not going to shit on that. I totally agree, because I do have them in the top 10, and I think this defense looks fucking awesome on paper, and I think it's gonna they're going to be great this year, for sure. I will say that J.C. Jackson was overpaid so much. I mean, he wasn't really overpaid, like... For the stats, we got him for a steal compared to the other yeah, corners I mean, after like resigns and stuff. For the stats that he put up, he deserved it, you know. But I don't think like e- J.C. Jackson, he a turp man. All respect, but I do not think he's a shutdown corner. Like I think that Asante Samuel Jr. is more likely going to be that shutdown guy than J.C. Jackson. Like I, he got thrown the ball because receivers were getting open. I mean, it's the same fucking thing with Trayvon Diggs and every other dude who leads the league in interceptions. It's like, 
those guys fade off pretty quick. You know, like I'm. I will say Jackson has graded like top five in man and zone both over the past three years. Like he's able to do it. It's just I think he's kind of got that mentality of like Marcus Peters, like. I'm going to make them want to throw this way while I'm paying attention to try to jump the route. Mm-hmm. Except he's a little bigger than Marcus Peters and can kind of make up for it a little better. Yeah. I just don't think that he's, like, one of the premier, like... I a, don't think he's an alpha. No. Like, no. you think of alphas, like, in their, like, heyday, like, Gilly, Brandon Josh Rebus. Norman. Yeah, like, guys like that. Like, Josh Norman for a while and was a lockdown I think guy. he is better than Norman. Norman had, like, three good years and then just... J.C. Jackson has had, what, three good years now? And then we haven't... Like 26 picks, too. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. <laughs> Something up there. Yeah. I think he's he's going to be solid. I'm, I'm not expecting insane numbers. I'm expecting him to hold up enough. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be, as Asante Samuel Jr. gets better, I don't think he's going to be the go-to lockdown corner that you put on the best receiver and watch him go. But he's going to get his opportunities ball hawking on that side because the quarterback's going to be getting rid of it pretty fucking quick with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on his ass. Um, I will say also, and I mentioned this before, Khalil Mack is not the same dude that he used to be. Like, he went to Chicago. If he can stay healthy. Yeah. If he could stay he healthy. He has shown so many flashes. He looked good. Like, he's fast. He's got his moves all about him. I, I'm optimistic for him. Just 30, he's 31 now. He's probably right at the edge of that prime, and it's going to fall off quick. I think he's, I did you watch his presser on the first day? Mm-hmm. They asked him, how hungry are you? No. He said, you want to know how hungry I am? I'll show you. And just walks off stage. Dang. Let's go, that man. Was, oh, my God. That got me going. Yeah, dude. That's fucking sick. All right, like, I mean, I love Khalil Mack. Like, he's a Greek god of a human being. But, like, I just, like, it. he's not the same Marlon Mack that Chicago traded for. You know, like, I think a lot of people are under this assumption that that's the case. And, like, that's not the case. You know, this is a passage. Like, Joey Bosa is better than Khalil Mack, and it's not close. Like, it's Joey Bosa's in the prime of his career. He's one of the best, best pass rushers in the league. And... I do think they're both like on the verge of that top five, like right in that conversation for pass rushers. Who do you think finishes with more sacks this year, Bosa or Mac? I think it's I think Bosa finishes Mac. with more sacks, and it's not close. Like if Mac plays the whole season, I'm going to give him the nod because he is a better athlete. He's going to get there quicker, and he's going to face a lot more single coverage than he's or single blocking than he's used to. Yeah, true, very true. I do like that we managed to get Kyle Van Noy. I know everybody says he can't exist yeah. outside of the Patriots, but he's our third edge rusher slash linebacker in emergencies. I think he can come in and put up like five, six sacks. It's about all we need for a rotational guy. Hell yeah, dude. I didn't even I forgot about Van Noy. I mean, when you think about your linebacker court, that helps a lot. You know? Yeah, <laughs> we got crap there. Yeah, even if it's just like, <laughs> hey man, this is what you're supposed to be doing on defense. Like, even if he's not out there playing. You know, they just need somebody he's, to tell He's bringing the wisdom to the locker room, and I like that a lot. Yeah, for Him sure. and Mac. Yeah, Mac's Mac. been, like, helping everybody with their pass rush moves. Yeah, dude. That's why I'm confident on Bosa this that. year, because I think he's going to teach some shit to Bosa, and Bosa's going to, because, yeah, I think it's going to be special. I think he's going to be a little more like his brother now, now that uh, Leo Mac's there. But, all right, let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts defense. So, 
Uh, wasn't too much of discrepancy on this, but still, fair enough. Uh, we had him six part or seven spots apart. Uh, I had him coming in at six, and you had him coming in at thirteen on the defensive ranks. And um, I'll go ahead and make my case. You look at this roster, dude. I mean, you got some dogs here. You just brought in Yannick, Yannick Ngankwe, which was a huge acquisition. Quiddy Pay, former first-round pick off the other side of the edge. That's going to be awesome. Then you got DeForest Buckner, former 49er, one of the most intimidating presences in the NFL at the defensive tackle position. Um, and then you look at the linebacker crew. Okarike, he had a great year last year. Um, Darius Leonard, obviously the maniac. I mean, he's going to have a award. It's not Darius Leonard, is it? What does he want to be called now? Oh, Shaquille, I think. Ah, Shaquille Leonard. Okay, Shaq Leonard. I like Shaq Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> but Shaq Leonard's going to be a fucking dog this year, the maniac. I mean, he had a fantastic year last year, making highlight clips of him punching the ball out. Like, oh, dude, the ferocity that he comes in with that thing, dude. Like, imagine if he were to make contact with, like, some other party body. Like, what if he hits you? He punches you in the face. Yeah, like, what if he gets you in the fucking neck or something, dude? You're done. You're dead. (laughs) It's such force. But, yeah, he's a pro bowler. Like, and then Kenny Moore in the slot, he was a pro bowler last year. Then you got Stephon Gilmore. Who brings a lot of veteran experience. He kind of had a shitty year, finished the year in Carolina last year after he was traded. But I think the Colts is a lot better environment than Carolina is. A lot more tradition, a lot more uh, tra- tradition and respect on the defensive side. So then they brought in Rodney McLeod. Or Rodney McLeod. Who was that? Rodney McLeod? Rodney McLeod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really like this defense, dude. I mean, you go across the board. They've got dogs like on the in the secondary. I feel confident about Gilly and Kenny Moore. You know, I feel good about Darius Leonard and Bobby Okereke at in the linebacker core. And then DeForest Buckner, Quiddy Pay, who's making steady strides, and then Yannick Ngakwe. Like, I mean, that's definitely a top ten defense for me, personally. But what's your what's your uh, critique, man? I have him just outside. The pass rush still kind of underwhelms me. Like, Ngakwe is better than what they've had, but he is a complete liability in run D. He does not care. <laughs> he will let them blow by while he's rushing the passer. Kudipe, I expect to make some strides, but I don't see him as the number one pass rusher at this point. Just a notch below. And then the corners, I love Kenny Moore. And I love Blackman. I think Blackman's got a chance for a comeback player of the year if he shows out the way I think he can. He can be one of the top safeties in the league. But Gilmore, I'm just worrying that he might be over the hill at this point. Him and Rodgers, the outside corners scare me. Kenny Moore, one of the top slot corners in the league. I have no doubts about him or Leonard in the middle of that field area blocking things down. How about DeForest Buckner, man? I, I love Buckner. He's a great player, but... There's only if unless you are Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, an interior defensive lineman can only have so much effect. Yeah. And I wish I could put him higher. I just am slight. It it just lacks the star power where I think you need the star power. Like Leonard, Shaquille Leonard. I'm gonna say his full name. Got to make a habit of this. He is probably the top linebacker in the league, but it's linebacker. You're the second line of defense, you're not a pass rusher, and you're covering pretty much the middle of the field. And they have glaring needs on the outsides, and it kind of worries me. Rodney McLeod, 
another guy over the hump in the secondary. They're just trying to hope they can establish something he used to have. I'd love I, to I know though. Put them top ten. How is the fucking Steelers defense better than this one, better. dude? Like the secondary is clearly better. Where it matters, you have T.J. Watt. Yeah. Alone. Okay. T.J. Watt alone. Twice he's gonna have more sacks than Ngakwe and Pay together. Okay. Combined, he might have more than their entire defensive line combined. Unless you're, like, sending in Leonard and Okarike and Kenny Moore on some, like, weird design blitzes. Yeah, but, like... And then Cam Hayward is a better... You're saying the weakness on the secondary. better interior defensive lineman than Buckner. And then you have Highsmith, who is going to slip through the cracks because of who else is around him. But Highsmith, I think, is pretty comparable to guys like Ngonkwe and Quidipay. Like, Ngonkwe is better than fucking Highsmith. I think he's on par with him at this point, honestly. Because Highsmith plays both elements. He's not quite as just pass rush driven. Okay. And honestly, I think the Steelers' outside corners might end up outplaying the Colts' outside corners. Kenny Moore is going to be better than Sutton, and he is going to make that cornerback room look a lot better. But I think Akil Witherspoon and, um, why am I blanking on his name? Levi Wallace can outplay Who wouldn't Gilmore blank on his name? Who would not blank on their names, bro? Who the fuck knows? I would blank on Levi. <laughs> yeah, there's one name that you should know pretty fucking good on the secondary on the Colts side, and it's Stephon Gilmore, bro. I'll take Stephon Gilmore. Thirty two now. Yeah, I'll take him over fucking Levi Wallace, <laughs> Witherspoon. I don't care if he's in a fucking wheelchair, bro. I'm cool with that. I, th- I think they're gonna look better because they're gonna have better pass rush, throwing a little wilder passes towards them, so it could help them. I don't necessarily think they are more talented. I think they'll just play better. Okay. All right. Because Gilmore has the ceiling to be a lot better. It's just I I am a little worried about age, but I think overall he's probably the most talented of those four. Okay. Fair enough. Even in his age. All right. Fair enough. Well, solid debate over the Colts defense there, and that wraps up the defensive segment. But uh, right now, we'll dive into uh, some differences on the overall consensus rankings. We'll fly through those. And then we'll dive into a little bit of the fantasy rankings preview, where we'll bring you uh, a couple of running backs, a couple of wide receivers that we have discrepancies on in our rankings of 10 or more, basically, um, spots. But we also will bring you one sleeper candidate per person for the running back position. And the wide receiver position. So, in total, four solid sleeper candidates to grab in your drafts in the midst of fantasy football draft season. So, let's dive in. Let's finish this out with the power rankings. So, first, we talk about the Dallas Cowboys. So, you have them coming in at 13 overall. And I have them coming in at 16 overall. So, Dak, dude. I'm not... I th- I'm not. Not on Yeah, I'm not. Didn't you just draft him? I I picked him up after <laughs> the draft. You just drafted. Yeah, I picked him up after the draft. I pay. I dropped Brian Robinson to pick him up. <laughs> but okay. I, I I think the defense is gonna hold its own. I I don't see them as an elite team, but I see them having a lot of good pieces, which is why I kind of had them a little above average. I mean, they have. One of the more solid quarterbacks in the league. They have more consistency there, so there's only so low they can actually go with the good quarterback. 
Yeah, no, that's 100% fair. I think I've got a lot of faith in C.D. Lamb stepping up into the number one this year. Uh, I wanted to draft him in the eight-man, but I knew I wasn't really in a spot to draft him um, as far as where I was picking. So that He was one pick away from where he felt to when we traded. Oh, yeah? Caden got him that pick before. I wasn't going to trade with you if Lamb was there. Yeah, that would have been, damn, that would have sucked. But he's going to be the number one target there this year. Michael Gallup's also there, which would be nice. He'll be able to shine. Like, I've wanted Michael Gallup to shine. So, I just thought it would be with another team. But, yeah, go ahead and do it with Dallas, too. But, I think, like, dude, personally, I think the Commanders might have a better shot at winning the division than the Cowboys, dude. I know. I know. That's a really... Sam Hallett quarterback or Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz, dude. Carson fucking Wentz, man. And then maybe, maybe a little Sam Hallett. But, Carson Wentz for sure. I think, like... Okay, let me give my let me give my cow. I'll run run down the Cowboys real quick. Zeke, I think, is dead. Um, he looks so fat, and he looks so. Yeah, but you have Tony Pollard. Yeah. Okay. Tony Pollard. Doesn't worry me as much. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. But like, we haven't really seen Tony Pollard like absolutely unleashed before. We've seen the flashes, but like, going to him as the you didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> going to him as the prime running back you're though. Paying Zeke money, you're running those legs out of gas until there's no oh, yeah. left. A hundred percent. They'll run Zeke into the ground this year. He'll just fucking suck. Like he's he's gonna stink. And wide receivers like CD Lamb will be great. But as much as I hate Albert. to say it, like I like Michael Gallup is definitely a solid, solidified wide receiver too. But with Dak Prescott thrown to him both, like I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith. And like we said last year, yeah, pretty solid. He was tight end number three or four last year. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that this offense is going to be as electric as everybody thinks it is. Like, we saw it at times last year, especially in week one. We were like, holy fuck, this Cowboys offense is going to be a dog this year. But I don't think that's the case. And then we talked about it all last year, the turnover-dependent defense. That's not going to hold up. Trayvon Diggs looked like I saw that uh, pass to Keenan. Dude, that pass to Keenan. Did you see former commander DeAndre Carter cook the hell out of him and then he grabbed his jersey so he couldn't burn him over the top? What? No, dude. He he burned him. Did a little move, went right by him, and then he grabbed him by the back of the jersey and it looked like a 10-yard overthrow almost at that point because he had to slow up so much. Yeah, jeez. But he got, uh, did you see that play against Keenan, though, where, like, Justin Herbert tossed it in? And then, like, so Trayvon last year, he was so used to, like, diving on the first cut and then, like, getting broke that this year it looks like he's trying to focus on, like, instead of watching the ball, watching the player, which is something that they, like, preach among cornerbacks, is watching the player's reaction. And and Keenan is smart enough <laughs> yeah. to wait till the last second. Trayvon, <laughs> Trayvon was, like, sitting in there, like, in front of Keenan's face, like, right in front of the end zone. And then Keenan's just, like, puts his hands out real quick, catches it, and then taps him on the head. <laughs> I was like, that is so mad Keenan. disrespectful. But, yeah, I'm not in on the boys this year, dude. And we're basically, I mean, we both have him around middle of the pack. So, yeah. I don't see them going too far or anything. Yeah. At best, they can win the division, but I think the Eagles will beat them. All right, all right. Well, we'll do a little Eagles talk after we talk about the San Francisco 49ers. And we got a lot of, I uh, feel like we got a lot of a lot of grief for this ranking. I feel like people were in the in the comments kind of arguing with us. Like, oh, yeah. 49ers are a little high. Dude, this is... 
This is a super former Super Bowl going team. I mean, they looked fucking fantastic last year. And Trey Lance, they got Debo back. Yeah, Trey Lance is looking really good, really good. And Brandon Ayuk, I think, is finally going to emerge this year. You know, like he's been making good plays at training camp. I have a lot of faith in Elijah Mitchell. I don't know why he's going so low in fantasy drafts because he did have a fantastic year last year. I know it's because Kyle Shanahan, multiple running backs, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean. And drafting Ty Davis Price yeah. in the third, your first pick. Jesus. <laughs> but, yeah, I have faith in Elijah Mitchell, too, for sure. And then the defense. I mean, it's been undeniably one of the best defenses in the league for the past five years. I mean, that that playoff game against Aaron Rodgers in his second MVP season, like second consecutive MVP, with nobody, I thought nobody could stop. Shut him yeah, down. absolutely fucking duct taped him to a chair and made him watch his own death, his own funeral. Like, that was, he ate up the MVP quarterback in one of the best offenses in the league. Like, that was such an impressive performance. At the very tail end of last year, dude. They made him the fucking NFC Championship, bro. With Jimmy G. With Jimmy G. Like, I cannot imagine. And then almost went to the Super Bowl if it wasn't for Christy Tart dropping an easy pick. Yes, you're right. You're right. I forgot about that. But then you got Bosa. You got Fred Warner. Like, this team's going to be really good. I have him at 17, which is a little lower than the consensus ranks. You have him at 11. I'm not. I think Trey Lance is going to be a dog this year. One thing I'll say is I don't think he's going to be... Fantasy MVP? No. I don't think he's going to be as much of a dog. Because what for, we saw... For where he gets picked. For where he gets maybe. picked. Maybe. As opposed... From what we saw out of him last like year. like Josh Allen where you have to get in the top four rounds, you can draft Trey Lance beyond 10. True. And get a lot of production. Yeah, true. I will say, like, what we saw... And George Kittle said on the Pat McAfee show of the summer, like, we just needed to get the dude fucking reps. Like, he just needs to play in a game and make the mistakes in the game, and then figure it out for himself. And, because I was going to say, from the games that we saw last year, he wasn't that great, but, like, you could say the same thing about Jordan Love. Like, they need to just yeah. play more. Like, in-game situation, you know? So. I mean, Lance was playing nobodies and then played one game in a COVID-shortened year because they could only get one game. Right. It had been two years since he actually had reps and against nobodies. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I also don't think Debo is going to have near the year that he had last year because Debo had... He's still going to be the safety net, I think. Yeah, for sure. And But Debo had a precedent before this season. Like, he's still, like, early on in his career, I guess. What's it, year four, year five? Going into year four now. Yeah. So, like, but, I mean, he was... I knew who he was before he had that season last year. Like, I drafted him. Like, knowing that, like, okay, this is Jimmy G's, like kind of guy but it's like Debo had a really good season last year but a lot of it was just because like not going five yards past the line of scrimmage and you're in open space but I think they're going to run it a lot different this year because Jimmy G's not the quarterback they're going to be tossing it downfield and like I don't think Debo's that deep threat dude like I do think they're still going to get him his run plays because they did put incentives into his contract for bonuses so he's going to want to get every penny he can get I mm -hmm. think yeah, no, that's 100% fair. And George Kittle, what do we think about him? I mean, I think he's on the up I think from last he year. can compete for top tight end in the league just because he provides a blocking element, Andrews and Kelsey don't. Yeah, 100%. So, all right. If he's healthy, yeah. which he never is. Very true. 
But yeah, that rounds out the uh, 49ers. So let's dive into the last team on our list, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Mitch, you got them coming in at 12. I have them coming in at 18. So what do you like about the Eagles this year, man? Why do you think the Eagles are the perennial Super Bowl favorite this year? (laughs) Perennial Super Bowl. They have the best offensive line in the league. There's no holes, and they are all good. They have a very good defensive line. Their pass rushers are okay, not amazing. But when you have Hargrave, you have Cox, and you have Jordan Davis in the middle, nobody is going to run for crap on you. And then getting managed to get Darius Slay and James Bradbury together. Kobe Dean's looking really good in camp, camp too, on the linebacker side. Yeah, he's showing out. They, they had a good draft. They hit on a lot of picks, mm-hmm. and they, their running backs are iffy, but they can be iffy when you have a Jalen Hurts. And then combine, obviously, the A.J. Brown trade, so having him and Devonta Smith on the outside, it should make Jalen Hurts look a little better, you'd hope. Yeah. And I think they're the best team in the division. They don't really have a true weak spot, in, unless you want to say quarterback, but Hurts is – Probably an athletic version of Kirk Cousins, maybe a little less of a passer. Yeah, like I just don't. It comes down to me not thinking that Jalen Hurts is that guy. I don't think he's. Uh, that's fair. I can understand tanking him for yeah, that. Like I think AJ Brown is. Uh, I mean, obviously, I've made my love for AJ Brown pretty fucking clear <laughs> on this podcast. I think he's one of the, easily one of the best wide receivers in uh, in the league. But let me check my fantasy rankings, dude, because. I'm pretty. I might have to check mine too because I didn't put him very. High I have him around like 18. Go ahead and check mine too because I don't have him up. But it's I had him around like 18, 17, right, right in the same conversation as DJ Moore, because you have 16 right behind DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. What you got him? And I have AJ. I have him at 12. Okay, so I'm a little higher. Yeah. I just uh, just because I feel like. Yeah, and you think that Jay, like you have more faith in Jalen Hurts, and I don't blame people that have faith in Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's definitely showed some good things, but I don't think he's that guy. Like, I he got more buff over the offseason, which like I don't know what that does for the quarterback position. You're supposed to be lean and like tossing it, like. Well, he's a runner. Yeah, he's a runner, but you also got to throw the fucking ball, dude. And he's always hurt. Well, that's the issue. With the him. bigger muscles you have, dude, the more likely you're having hamstrings, fuck biceps, like all these fucking muscle strains, right? I mean, I'm not the injury expert, but I feel like it makes you a little less prone if you train it properly. Fair. That's why Lamar beefed up because, well, obviously everybody and their mother was saying he was going to be injury yeah. prone. He finally had an injury, so mm-hmm. he's got to put that to bed before he gets his big contract. That for some reason he's not going to negotiate during the season. But it's not like Jalen Hurts had to have like on more size to him like he was already a big fella at the quarterback position so I don't think he's that guy I don't like I mean he should have done a lot more with Devontae Smith last year like what happened like he should have been a fucking dog last year and he wasn't I feel like Brown is easier to throw to because you can literally just throw it in his area and he's gonna get it and Devonta Smith you have to have timing and rhythm with that's why him and Mac were so good because Smith is more of a pure route mm-hmm. runner and A.J. Brown is open. a pure freaking monster. Yeah. <laughs> he just does what he wants. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think I have him at 18, uh, a little bit behind the boys. But I think that they have a better chance of winning the division than the 
than the Cowboys. I had them a notch above the Cowboys, so I had 12 and 13 for them back to back. I like the. Wanted to make one emphasis of the Eagles being ahead of them. And Sirianni, I love Sirianni now too. Like I think Sirianni is that guy. He's growing on. Yeah, for sure. It was a weird hire at first. I mm-hmm. thought they were just trying to please Wentz, but it's worked out for yeah. him. And he seems like he really wants that club to win. Like he seems like he's in it with his players. His players really like it. They're bought in on the message. This is flowers analogy, huh? He oh yeah, he was like analogy. when it when it grows the roots. You can't see the roots growing like they're growing under, like because he was like trying to make <laughs> you the, yeah the exactly like he was trying to make the case that like you can't <laughs> see the progress going on, but there is progress. I was like okay, <laughs> that was just a nervous first time head coach at a press conference, fucking flailing his arms about trying to explain some trying shit. to think of any metaphor on the exactly. spot exactly. So all right. Well, that just about does it for our power rankings, but let's do a little preview on uh, some fantasy rankings, shall we? Be a good time. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so we have uh, the next project that we're working on, and we've already basically finished. Uh, we just got to get it out on the Instagram, is the fantasy rankings. So we're going to put together our consensus fantasy rankings for each position group and have that out on the Instagram pretty soon. But... We already have our rankings in, so I wanted to offer a little bit of a sneak peek on the live stream pod for anybody who's with it. So, like I said earlier, we're going to be throwing out a handful of players from the running back and wide receiver position groups um, that have notable differences in between uh, our rankings. So, I might have him a player a lot higher than Mitch does. Mitch might have a lot play, a player a lot higher than I do. So we're going to debate that, and then we're going to throw one sleeper candidate per position, per person at you, so four total sleepers in general. So let's go ahead and start, and we start with, for a while, the number one overall player in fantasy, and according to Mitch, still the number one player in fantasy, and that is Christian McCaffrey. So... Dude, my main concerns are injury. So, can you talk me yeah, out of it? Which is fair. Can you talk me out? I mean, you're the injury expert. Um, what I would like to say is the Panthers did not do it in a flashy way, but they invested into their offensive line. They got Austin Corbett. They got, what was the center from Baltimore? I always forget his name. But they got a new center. Bozeman? They got Icky. No. Yeah, Bozeman. And they got Icky Kwanu. They are trying to revamp this offensive line, which was probably fighting for the worst in the league last year. And Christian McCaffrey is probably not going to be asked as much to do this year because they know the risk with him at this point. But every time he's in, he is a guaranteed 20 points. It's hard to not have him. You still have him at four. If he's not in your top five, then you just have no faith in his availability throughout the season. I... It's been a lot of like minor things, like ankle sprains and hamstring pull or pull. That's hamstring. what concerns it's me. Not really like long term stuff. That's what concerns me though, because it's like the tiny shit. So it's like more like it seems like he has a lot of tiny shit that he's complaining about. And this is a guy who never missed practice, like never like never he missed didn't a miss game. Missed a single practice until two years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not a game, not a practice. Mm-hmm. Not in college, not in high school, nothing. So that was the big I think argument he's just, on Christian McCaffrey being one of one every for a couple of years there, you know? I think they just need to lighten the workload a little and put a little more faith into people like Terrace Marshall or 
DJ Moore, maybe throwing in a few run plays with other people and not devoting everything to him. But I think the offensive line is going to help him a lot. And he, if he plays and only misses, he misses less than five games, he's running back one. See, like, he just scores that You much. mentioned the consistency. I, I like Taylor, yeah. but he's not that high to me. And he doesn't. Like, his ceiling is because he doesn't catch right. well. I was about to say that. JT does not catch the ball like CMC does. But, like, I don't know. Like, it, the, the floor of guys, the guys that we're putting ahead of him, like JT, or I'm putting ahead of him, JT, Derrick Henry, and then which one am I forgetting? Eckler. You had yep. Eckler. Mm-hmm. So those three guys. I love, I love that. Like, <laughs> their floor is so much higher than CMC. And it's like, CMC ceiling is up there for sure, but it's like, how much different is his ceiling in comparison to those other guys? And you're taking such a risk, like, especially if you're drafting at 101. Like, you want a guy, like, you want to feel good about your investment. And it feels like I'm pushing in all my chips when I'm drafting a guy like CMC and I'm just praying it works. Like, I'm more comfortable with, like... Okay, like, CMC ceiling, sure. It's, like, the highest in the first round. Like, 100%. But, like... Highest in any Yeah, yeah, 100%. But, like, is it really that different from guys like Henry and guys like Eckler where you don't have to take the risk with guys like that? So... Eckler, there's a little bit yeah. of risk. He's had some injury issues. Mm-hmm. He's a smaller guy, gets a lot of volume, just like McCaffrey. Yeah. But... Derrick Henry... I mean, he's he's got the injury bug now a little I'm just bit too. Realizing. What? Yeah, well, one Jones fracture. That's not a repeat offender thing. It's just a matter of if he lost a step, having to go through rehab and stuff. Right. My, I love like I totally agree. But like also with the consistency thing, like is he an easy twenty points? Because like the games that he did play, he put up big numbers. But it's like. Yeah, but can we call that consistent? When he's in, he's going to yeah, get it. Yeah, but can we call that consistent? Because he's not even, like, playing consistently. Like, it's it's the first time he's hopping on the field in forever. He's fucking jacked up to play. Goes out and scores 25. That doesn't surprise me. Like. I mean, I can go ahead and read through what he had last year and the games he played and didn't have to leave. And the year before was even crazier when he played. Because he, it was guaranteed 20. And one of the games he got hurt in <laughs> was a 20. So his game log from last year on the Sleeper app. 27-24 hurt. Comes in, gets like next to no reps against the Pats. Has probably his worst game in two years, 13. 26-24 hurt against Miami. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty fucking consistent. And then the year before was nuts, too. Like, he is guaranteed if you're okay. doing full point PPR okay. for 20. It was 28-24. Hurt in the middle of that Tampa Bay game, and then thirty-seven when he came back, and then they shut him down for the year. That that year was rough. I'll I'll say it like I'll agree. Okay, the consistency, easy twenty, sure, but like, is it worth the risk? I don't think so, and I'm sticking with that point. Like, is it worth the risk over guys he, like Derrick Henry? He is your league Eckler. winner if you draft him. That's the thing yeah. now. Like you, if you get. 15 games out of him, you've won your league as long as he does not miss the playoff games. Yeah, exactly. And he plays all the games. Like, maybe he doesn't, like, maybe he's not out for the year this year, but maybe he's, like, missing games, like, off and on. Maybe they're trying to manage his workload a lot more, you know? And then, also, who's the backup there? 
Their backup, they still have um Yeah, what's his name? Running back. It's good. He was not good. He was drafted though, like pretty high, was... like in the draft. Hold on. I know I picked him up as his handcuff last year. Wait, wait. I know I didn't arrange him in there either. Chuba Hubbard. <laughs> Chuba yep. out of OK State, yeah. So I like I mean he was bad, but like I mean I think that Chuba Hubbard, after he saw that work last year, could see more work this year. With a better offensive exactly. line. I think Because so. he wasn't doing much yards per carry. CMC was an easy 20 before they realized that, hey, maybe you shouldn't be playing like a maniac every single game and going out and getting these minor injuries. So, I still think he's going to be one of their top receivers. And if you like line him up outside instead of the backfield, that could easily just lessen that chance of injury because he's going against corners rather than linebackers. You think Baker's more... I, I also thought, like, Baker is a little less likely to dump than the quarterbacks that CMC played for before. I think he threw it... Because Kareem Hunt... Not the Chubb, but yeah, the yeah. Hunt, he did okay, yeah, too. No, that's fair. Hey, Baker's a guy that will... He just throws it around. He doesn't necessarily have favorite targets unless they're like the no-name guys that shouldn't be getting targets. That's just like his thing. And that's why Odell and Jarvis Landry hated him. Dude, Robbie Anderson, I can't believe Baker's on that fucking team. When he was like, no, like at the like rumors. No. Dude, like that. He said he was just defending his quarterback, Sam, after he cusses him out up and down yeah. on the sidelines. Yeah, you love Sam Darnold, exactly. sure. Jeez, I, the fall from grace for Sam Darnold. I can't believe that, dude. Anyway, let's move on to our next uh, next running back that we got on the board to talk about. And we talk, we don't have to spend too long on this because we did talk about him before. But that is James Conner. He's not going to put up the borderline historic rushing production, rushing touchdown production that he did last year. But they signed him as a franchise running back. On a team that has really high hopes. So I think they're going to want to use him a lot. They paid him. They're going to use him a lot. A lot in the receiving. And no more Chase Edmonds. He's going to be getting that receiving work more. And he looked really good in the receiving game. I mentioned that earlier. And he's still going to be the in-between-the-tackles guy. Getting rushed. To- I-, I think he finishes with an easy 10 touchdowns this year. Because it's not like that the Cardinals' offensive line was a juggernaut last year or anything. Like, he still managed to put up those umbers. Yeah. It's the same yeah, offensive line. Exactly. Just Rodney Hudson. <laughs> Just with a few draft And Rodney Hudson, a year, another year older. You know, another year past his prime. But, yeah, I'm all in on James Conner. But I've got him at RB11. You've got him at 19. Yeah, I've got – I'll throw out a few of the names I have ahead of him. Like, I have ETN, Brees Hall, the rookies, Javante, Alvin Kamara, Chubb, Fournette, Dobbins, and – Barely Ezekiel Elliott, just because I think Zeke's going to get a lot of work, and they are going to feed him because their passing game isn't as good anymore. That he had 15 rushing touchdowns last year. I think it was 18 total with the receiving mixed in. I just feel like they're going to throw in a few other running backs into the mix, and maybe not force feed him as much because he wasn't necessarily effective on yards per carry. And they're going to want something more. Well, just fresh legs because you can't give him. He's I believe 26 or 27. He's one of the older running backs now. For running backs, hard to say 26 or 27 is old in general, but I think they're going to want to mix in running backs, and I don't think he's going to get the production he had last year. I do think he has the upside of touchdowns because that is a 
explosive offense, and he's just going to be a touchdown-dependent guy week after mm-hmm. week. Yeah, and also one last thing. They will be depending more on the run early on in the season without D-Hop, for sure. So early season, I think James Conner, and maybe maybe that's a good point you got. Like maybe he puts up good numbers while D-Hop's out, and then you trade him out after D-Hop gets back, you know? Trade him to Cardinals fans like Lake Malkus. Actually, he has him. <laughs> Lake will never let him go and get disappointed when he starts him. <laughs> but this is a guy with injury history, too. So, got to keep that in mind. But mm-hmm. let's move on to our next fella. And this is a guy, I drafted him last year. Or no, I think I traded for him last year. And I was super high coming into the year. There were CMC rumors, like CMC-type production. And it was a shit show, folks. And that is Antonio <laughs> Gibson, running back for the Washington Commanders. Uh, we were talking about it before the pod. Um, Mitch, you meant, meant to move him down a little farther in your rankings. But yeah. I don't think it would be as far as 33, though. Because 33 is... It'd be... I'd have to look at my list. I ranked him before that first preseason game with the fumble and Robinson starting to get a lot of looks. I would probably now... Probably put him right if, a lot closer to yours. I'd probably put him twenty seven ish, right before I put the Seahawks running backs back to back. I'd probably put him just above okay. them because he he's likely to be the starter still. I feel like at the moment he might go into it like that, and if he still disappoints, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and not put him outside That's the thirty. Fair. That's fair. I mean, we could just both shit on Antonio Gibson's because we have him so similar. Um, but I like, dude, not good. Like he was supposed to be a superstar last year and he showed, I was so worried because he was a receiver change up. And when I watched that week one game, he couldn't catch. I could see why he wasn't a receiver. Like, I mean, let's go over all the reasons, man. I mean, he fumbles like crazy. He did it in the second play of the preseason game, and then was taken out. Brian Robinson ran with the ones, and then Gibby came back in in the fourth quarter to run with the backups, the backup backups. So, I mean, that's not a promising sign right there. Uh, Last year, we thought he was going to be a huge receiving threat. J.D. McKissick is better in the receiving game than Antonio Gibson is, and it's not really close. Uh, J.D. is a pretty... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And he's not an in-between-the-tackles guy. He gets... He somewhat has injury history. Like, he had injuries last year that were floating around, you know? And it was kind of inhibiting his play. Like, there was a time during the year where it was like, oh, the reason that Gibby isn't playing well is because he's injured, you know? I don't... Oh, what was it? Like, minor stress fractures? I think that yeah, was Yeah, something issue. like that. But, dude, I don't think this guy is just built... I don't think he's built for it, bro. I don't. Like... I mean, there's a receiver yeah. reason why he was a receiver. He's not big enough to run between no, that. he's not. Like, he is an electric player who can make plays in space. But put him on special teams, dude. Don't have him. I think maybe, like, make him a motion yeah. guy. Like, if Curtis Samuel is still dealing with that nagging groin injury, throw him in, get him some jet sweeps, anything to get him yeah, going. 100%, dude. Like, And we've needed that ground and pound running back for a while now. And we were kind of hoping that Gibby was, yeah. And Brian Robinson is looking like that cat. And I've got a major case to make for Brian Robinson being a heck of a fantasy player this year, but I won't spoil it. I will say that Antonio Gibson, do not draft this fucker. He will be 
on the special teams. Like, I don't – he's not – If you get kick return yards, yeah, maybe. Maybe. But he's not he's, – he's dead in the water for me, dude. He's not going to do shit this year. So, all right. Let's move on to our next – oh, no. We dive into sleepers now. So, without further ado, we mentioned Gibby. My sleeper at the running back position is Brian Robinson Jr., the third round pick out of Alabama this year. Uh, a lot of people want to point to the fact, like, oh, we've invested so much in Gibby. Like he was, like he was drafted as our running back. Like he was drafted in the third round. Brian Robinson was drafted in the third round. We put the exact same investment in both of those players. So Brian Robinson could easily come in and take this guy's job because they're putting equal investment into the both of them. So, he's RB43 for me, which, you know, I need to see it before. But, I mean, he's running it in the preseason, and he was a fucking dog at Alabama, dude. I don't know why people don't want to – they don't want to put Brian Robinson in the conversation with guys like Kenneth Walker. Like, I mean, Kenneth Walker had a hell of a season last year. He was a Heisman candidate for Kenneth Walker. Yeah, 100%. And usually those Alabama running backs are, like – in conversation, like, I mean, it's it's Najee, it's been Najee, it's been Trent Richardson, it's been Derrick Henry. Like, these guys are big, like, well, it was Josh Jacobs. Like, these guys... Mark Ingram. Yeah, Mark Ingram. Like, these guys are, like, staples. And he became the starting running back at Alabama, obviously. And he played five years there. It's not like he transferred or anything. Like, he battled in the trenches with Alabama's, like... And at Alabama practices, like, you get better just playing. Like... You know, like the opposite team. Like, that's why you want to go to a place like Alabama to improve yourself every day. But in his senior season, he put up 271 carries, 1,300 yards, and 14 tuds. That's the ninth most rushing yards amongst Power 5 backs last year, ahead of guys who some of these guys on this list were drafted above him in the draft. Samir White, Rashad White, who's more of a receiving threat, Damian Pierce, Hassan Haskins, Isaiah Spiller, James Cook also more receiving threat, but he finishes finishes more rushing yards than all of those guys last year. He also had the second most carries among Power Five backs last year, behind Algier, who's now with the Falcons, and he had the tenth most carries in Alabama history all time combined, dude. Like this guy's a fucking dog, and if you've seen a picture of him, this is a very large man. I'm pretty sure I looked up the. I think it's six one two twenty eight. He looks 6'3", 250. Like, he's a monster. <laughs> and we've needed a guy like that in Washington for a while. Gibby proved that he is not that guy. He is not a running back anymore. We have a receiving back. Now we have our ground and pound back. Fuck Antonio Gibson. Hop on the Brian Robinson train. He is legit. He's here to stay. People don't want to throw him in with the running back conversation of guys that were drafted this year. And also, one last thing. Rookie running backs are almost guaranteed to outperform their ADP because people die like t- everybody shits on them. Exactly. For no reason. There's always one rookie running back that breaks out as like a top five yeah, guy. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think Brian Robinson has a great chance to be the guy that breaks out. So, I, yeah, you want to rebut? I do worry about him a little though because I don't think he's going to be the receiving back. He'll be a hell of a waiver wire snag, though. Like, he's going to be their yeah. goal line guy. No yeah. doubt. I mean, the touchdown production alone, then, I, I like yeah, like you said, I don't think he's going to be a threat in a receiving game. But a guy that you can pick off your waiver wire and will give you, like, possibly 10 touchdowns this year? Yeah. 
Sign me up. Yeah. Sign me up. A more Damian Harris type of production, I think, would be like Damian Harris of last year. I think that would be. But that was like. I think he had 15 rushing touchdowns. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Ridiculous. And then I think he finished like top 10 in fantasy, which I don't know if that's. I don't even think he had a thousand rushing yards. He said 15 touchdowns. Him and giant, him and James yeah, Conner both exactly, but fifteen rushing touchdowns. Not he's a of that build, dude. Like he, he's not as big as Derrick Henry, but he Power. is a Muscle. giant motherfucker. So, all right, let's move on to your running back sleeper. Take it away, my guy. I put Kenneth Gainwell because I think this is the year they finally give up on Miles Sanders in Philly. He has flashes of being good. And just never scores. He's an okay receiving back, but Gainwell is a better receiving back. He just fits a faster paced offense, which I think they might be leaning towards now that they have legitimate receiving threats and can push downfield and not have to ground and pound as much as they were last year. I'm optimistic for him over Sanders by a lot. And I think it's only a matter of time because I'm pretty sure on draft night for our fantasy draft, he said, I'm. Pretty sure Sanders was taking reps with the third team, the Caden, when he took Sanders. I just think he's due to take over for them. I can't hear you there, Kane. I was like, same <laughs> thing happened with fucking Levi, though, when he drafted Gibby. I was like, dude, yeah. guy's getting reps with the... Uh, and that was before the preseason game where he fumbled the second play. He was getting reps with the third team before that. Jesus. The other guy I did like, too, was uh, Pierre Strong coming out of New England just because they are monster. I, I'm higher on Gainwell because I think he can be the true one, and Strong's more of like a deep league option if they have a bunch of injuries. He, his path to being the one is a lot murkier than Gainwell's, and Gainwell can end up being like a guy who can get you like four catches a game and t- at least 20 yards receiving on top of whatever he did rushing. I think he can be a nice little addition if you're in need of a running back, too. Sweet. All right. I like that. I like that pick because they'll be – I feel like they're going to dump it off a lot this year in Philly. So, I like any game, though. And Miles Sanders goes into the same yeah. conversation as guys like Josh Jacobs, Devin Singletary, like their career – like more like a Josh Jacobs. Is he good enough yeah, to start? exactly. <laughs> That's the right. big question. Exactly. So – all right, let's move on to the receivers. And the first receiver of debate is Allen Robinson, who had an absolutely shitter of a year last year. But he's in a brand new offense with a guy you might have heard of him. His name's Matt Stafford. He kind of threw, dude, interesting. Matt Stafford mentioned this the other day. He's thrown to the two receivers with the most receiving yards in a single season. The only two receivers over 2,000 yards. Or wait, no, over whatever, 1,900, something like that. But I think it was 2,000 on the season because they made the playoffs with Calvin that year, I think, and he just cracked it in that Mm -hmm. first game. But like most, the two best performances by a receiver of all time. So could mean good. And also, wide receiver two had production in this offense last year with Odell Beckham there. So. And Woods before mm, him. Yes, indeed. I had him at wide receiver 29. And you have him at wide receiver 16. So, you're buying in on the Allen Robinson hype. I mean, he's got the talent, dude. 
He does, and he's got the quarterback for the first time in his career. I mean, Justin Fields was supposed to be the quarterback, but he had a horrible offensive line, rookie quarterback that honestly was not quite ready for an offense passing scheme like the NFL has. So he was using his legs a lot more than he probably should have and held on to the ball forever. I just think it's Robinson's time to flourish again. He had a very bad year last year. Like, it wasn't that he was injured. He just stuck. It was rough to watch. And and people were taking him first and second round and just getting shit on because they took him and just stunk it up. But he's going to a much better offense, much better quarterback, much better scheme in general. And it is, like you said, you pretty much put the icing on the cake for me. The wide receiver two role is very very good in LA for the Rams because Woods I believe was top ten, a top 10 receiver before he went down and then Odell walked in barely knowing the playbook and was spotty but he had pretty good games mixed in there and then in the playoffs he was a lot better obviously yeah. couple concerns first off and maybe you can help me uh ease my conscience on this but Matthew Stafford and his throwing elbow dude apparently there's some some yeah. he's get been getting some shots in there to try to like stimulate it a little bit. Apparently, it's been something that he's been dealing with for a while, so like it's not like a surprise, but definitely cautious. That's why I was kind of staying away from Cooper Cup at the price in the draft. You know, like I mean, I he went before I drafted in the eighteen. Yeah, I got him. Yeah, before. but like I mean, if I was picking in one of those top five picks, like I'd probably try to stay away from Cooper Cup because of Matthew Stafford's injury. And also, I don't think that... I mean, they paid him like the wide receiver too, but there's been a lot of talk about them bringing in other people. Like, bringing in, maybe possibly bringing Odell back. And it's like, I don't think they're fully... I, I don't think Odell plays until playoffs yeah, at true. best. He's got a long but, He tore the exact same ACL But again. the fact that they're having those talks means that they are not fully convinced in Al Robinson is their wide receiver too. You know, like, or they're not convinced in their running backs, and they think they're going to need a high, a very volatile passing offense. Which I don't think Van Jefferson can be a true three. Like Stafford, then will make him look decent, but a third option would be helpful. I like Allen Robinson a lot better than last year. Don't get me wrong, but and you mentioned it, wide receiver too, and but. Well, actually, going into last year, you were pretty high on A-Rob. I, I feel like I remember that fantasy outlook yeah. episode. You and Jaden both had him very high yep. up. We did, but it's a new year, my <laughs> friend. A year after he was one of the biggest disappointments in the history of fantasy football. And I don't think that that's too bad of an overstatement. He might have been the biggest bust of all yeah. time because he didn't even... It wasn't even like injury where you're like, oh, that's why he didn't play well. So stopped. with that puke, vomit taste in my mouth, I still managed to put him in the top 30, which I'm proud of myself for. So this is also a guy, this is not prime A-Rob. He spent, what, four years in Jacksonville, three years in Chicago. This is a little bit of a journeyman Allen Robinson now. So it's not prime A-Rob. I don't think Jaden's going to like this. Yeah, <laughs> that's his wide receiver one on yeah, this well, team. Yeah, that, well, that dude was going in on the running backs. <laughs> Jesus. But, all right. Which is complete opposite of what he had. Now. Yeah, he was supposed to be doing the zero RB strategy and then fucking played us. But, all right. Let's move on to the next wide receiver to debate. And that is Mr. Rashad 
Bateman. So, you have him coming in at wide receiver 22, and I got him coming in at wide receiver 36, man. Let me justify it. I don't think that, to be completely honest, I don't think that a wide receiver or a receiving threat in Baltimore offense, in Baltimore's offense outside of Mark Andrews is worthy to have on your team, in my opinion. Like, Rashad Bateman, from what we saw last year, not all that. Like, he was drafted with a lot of optimism, but didn't really live up to that. And Lamar, like, Mark Andrews is going to be a safe target. And Rashad Bateman is kind of built the same way. Like, obviously not like a tight end, but, like, he's a big, physical, tall receiver, possession, like, less of a deep threat, you know? Like, he was looking, Mark Andrews on the safe, Hollywood Brown on the deep route. Like, Hollywood could open the field for Mark Andrews to find nice spaces, but Rashad Bateman can't do that. He's not that guy. So, I see guys more like, I've been hearing James Prochet might have a re- yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Prochet. Yeah, so but the guys like and Duvernay, like they have the speed. Cause guys with speed, like even Willie Sneed, like guys with speed, succeed in the Baltimore offense with Lamar. But we haven't like Sammy Watkins is like basically in a much older version of Rashad Bateman, and he wasn't worth jack shit last year. So I wouldn't quite say Sammy is. Equal no, equal. like, I mean, well, back in, like, Sammy Watkins' prime, like, back in this, yeah, days. back in his Buffalo days, he was better than Rashad Bateman. Like, as a prospect at this point, 100%. As a prospect, Watkins was and, huge, and then just, yeah. <laughs> he flopped so hard compared to it. I I like Bateman. I mean, he's the only true definitive receiver. Andrews is a tight end, so I... He's their wide receiver one, if you want to put it bluntly like that. Someone has to get catches. I I like Prochet. I don't think he's going to be a high-volume guy in terms of fantasy, like maybe 50, 60 catches. I think Bateman's due for like 80 catches, probably 1,000 yards. Because in the few games he had with Lamar last year, they started to click. And he picked up at week eight because he had that groin injury. And it kept him sidelined for so long. So he didn't have chemistry going in with him. But they kind of clicked for guys who were so fresh to each other at that point. I'm just optimistic that he can find it again with him. Because it started to look good right before Lamar went down. Like that Cleveland game, I think he had eight catches and 100 yards, something like that with him. And then Lamar goes down and he's stuck with Huntley, who only looks at Mark Andrews. Can't blame him, though. <laughs> Can't blame him. Dude's a big motherfucking hey, target. He's open yeah, every time. Exactly. But, <laughs> I I mean, you said you said some attractive things. Like, I mean, I, I could buy into it, but I'm not. I, I feel good about my wide receiver 36 ranking. But, I mean, this is... Who did you have ranked around him? Just so I can get, yeah, like, an of idea of the tier yeah, you have. pull it up real quick. Actually, I can probably look it up quick. I think I had the screenshot up of mine. Yeah, go ahead and look. I think I, I've got him. Yeah. Okay, so you, you he was between Thielen and Ayuk. Yeah, you. bro. Like, we were pretty good receivers. Read like honestly. the like the five guys in that territory. Okay, starting at thirty, you got Renfro, yeah. Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, Alan Lazard, Christian Kirk, Thielen, Bateman, and then Ayuk, Robert Woods, yeah, Claypool. Bro, like, I think that's right about the right range. And then for dude. 
Mine I have in between Sutton and Sutton and DK Metcalf. So that's so I kind of did tiering almost like guys I feel like that could have a high ceiling, but there's risk attached. That's that's a legitimate wide receiver one though. Like it's wide mm-hmm. receiver one territory. If yeah, high quality wide receiver too. Yeah. So. With boom potential, especially if you're in like a twelve man league, they might have to be your wide receiver. And one. I've got a more like wide receiver three flex. So, but I could buy into it, but I won't. <laughs> All right. It could be a nice snag because he does still get yeah, mm-hmm. He does. All right. Let's dive into some discrepancies on your boy, Mike Williams, LA's own, LA's finest. Born and raised. Well, I don't know born and raised, but he was drafted there and hasn't, li- hasn't left. Uh, I've got him at wide receiver 19. You've got him at wide receiver 27. Go ahead and shoot off. I mean, you know, you got the expertise, man. I want to hear what you got. <laughs> I am a man of consistency in fantasy. And much to like you, I do worry about injuries, even though I still put McCaffrey at one. And Mike Williams has not had, like, a fully healthy season. He didn't really miss games last year, many. But he was kind of nagging with a core injury for a while there, and that's when he had his plummet. But it's hard for me to trust him on a week-by-week basis. Knowing that amazing start he had last year and how much he cooled off and then randomly popped back up, it's just hard for me to rank him a lot higher above those upper echelon guys that are probably tail end of wide receiver one, wide receiver two. I had him right in between the likes of Michael Thomas and Chris Godwin. So I don't think he's bad. I just don't think he's that next tier up. I think he's a guy you can play at flex if you need to. But I am if he's my wide receiver too, I'm not exactly comfortable going into that with him. Fair. And, I mean, I'm quick to forget the injury. Like, a, like with a guy like Eckler. You know, I'm quick to forget the injury history once a guy yeah. plays a full year. You know? Like, everybody's quick to do that. In fantasy especially – but you do have to take into consideration injury when you're talking about guys like Mike Williams. But he's still pretty early on in his career. Like, what's it, year four now? Six. Oof. He just finished his fifth year, and we okay. re-signed him. Yeah. So he's 26, 26 right. 27. Yeah, right, right in his prime. prime. It is yeah, his prime. And Justin Herbert, I mean, that motherfucker is only going to get – a hundred times better this year than he was last year because he just keeps doubling and doubling his talent. Like, and eventually he's just going to rule the entire world. But he's a dog. He's only getting better. Mike Williams is in the prime of his career right now. And Keenan, hot take, doesn't go for a hundred catches this year for the first time in five years. I'm fine with ninety and a yeah. thousand. I do think there is an issue with potential targets being stolen by a. Uh, Josh Palmer, because Josh Palmer, he has gone right under Keenan Allen's wing. He's he specifically said he's only been watching Keenan Allen tape, and he was not a great route runner last year. And now he's kind of got more of the Mike Williams build, speed, and physicality, and he can run routes now. Mm-hmm. He, he's turned it around. I'm optimistic. I don't think he's going to be getting serious amounts of reps because he's still so young and a little raw still. But I think it's going to be noticeable enough that it could hurt both in the end. I mean, I've got – personally, I'm comfortable. Comfortable is a strong word. 
I'm okay with Mike Williams as, as my wide receiver, too. I was about to say, it's hard to be comfortable with Mike Williams after getting yeah. years of stinker, boom, stinker, boom, stinker, boom. But new Tyler Lockett? Better than Tyler Lockett? I mean, dude, I mean, I'm happy. If we're taking this into the consideration of, like, if we're thinking about a Tyler Lockett type of guy, like, dude, I'm drafting Mike Williams, and I'm happy with that. Like, I know if you go into it knowing that, like, okay, this guy's going to be very streaky, but he's going to fucking drop, like, 40, 50-some games. You are going to have yeah, the boom Yeah, and they're going to be the no, biggest booms there. in fantasy football, just like they were last year, you know? I mean, I thought Mike Williams was a— I mean, he put the team on his back in Week yeah. 18. He Keenan got locked down by Casey Hayward because, obviously, they know each other too well, and he knows his tendencies— mm. And then Mike just, he was playing shit corners and just dominated. I think Keenan's <laughs> going to be locked up a little bit more this year than he has in the past. So that's going to open up some opportunities for guys like Mike Williams and Josh Palmer. I'm a huge Josh Palmer guy, too. I've heard a lot of good things about him. Um, what college did you go to again? Tennessee? Uh, Tennessee, yeah. yeah. Him and Vilas Jones Jr., dynamic nice. duo there. Fuck Tennessee, by the way. Uh, go Cats. Um, but yeah I like Mike Williams a lot this year I do understand like especially as a Chargers fan like you see you see it every fucking game so I trust what you're saying but I've got more confidence so alright yeah alright let's dive into Alan Lazard which we have some decent discrepancy on you've got him at wide receiver 49 the one one slot of it he just made it into your top 50 barely (laughs) But Aaron Rodgers' number one target, Aaron Rodgers' number one target, possibly, is barely made the top 50. Yeah. But, yeah, I put him at wide receiver 33, and we talked about this on one of the last pods. I mean, even if we're just taking shots in the dark at guys who could be the number one target for Aaron Rodgers this year, bro, I'm fucking closing my eyes and I'm tossing those darts, dude. Like, I'm totally cool with taking flyers on guys like Alan Lazard. Like, I would much rather take a guy like Alan Lazard than some of the guys going in that range, you know? Because of his, like, an Adam Thielen. He's got yeah, outside. like an Adam Thielen or like a Robert Woods. Like, those guys, you know, like, it's going to be a solid floor. But this could be Aaron Rodgers, like, wide receiver one this year who goes for double-digit touchdowns and 1,000 yards. Like, and 100 catches. Like, it could be. Like, he's made bad receivers. Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that makes bad receivers into good receivers. So, I don't think it necessarily matters too much, the talent. And we have seen flashes out of Lazard. Like, it's not like he's a garbage bag, you know? Like, he's... He's had moments. He's had moments. And Aaron Rodgers can create more of those moments. So, like I said, my main point is, like, that's why I have Aaron Jones so high. Because, like... He's going to be the number one target in the offense, in my opinion. Like, we saw it a lot last year of whole games of him just dumping it off to Aaron Jones. And he'll be able to do that a lot of that this year, but it won't be all the time. So there's got to be a receiver that steps up. It's not going to be Bobby Tanyan. It's not going to be tight end Bobby Tanyan. It's not going to be Sammy Watkins. Like, Alan Lazard is the most clear-cut. Travis Fulgham. Yeah, Travis Fulgham. Like, (laughs) Alan Lazard is the most clear-cut, like, obvious choice to be number one in in the receiving core so if we're taking it if that's a fly if i'm taking a flyer on aaron Rodgers' number one target sign me up bro sign me up so upsides there i see i see the boom in him but my worry is 
he is the wide receiver one for them. But in reality, he is the equivalent to a wide receiver three or four going against cornerback one. And I don't think his route running and physicality is quite good enough to just beat them every time. And I think the guys like Romeo Dubs, even Watkins, Fulgham maybe, just Christian Watson even on some deep balls, I think the other guys will shine through because they nobody thinks they're going to be good. So they're going to be they're going to have DB1 on Lazard and he's probably going to get locked down. I think it's going to be a lot heavier of a run scheme too because you have a two-headed monster in Jones and Dillon and both are actually good receiving backs. And I think it's going to be a lot more backfield eccentric and Lazard's going to end up having to get locked down because somebody has to be labeled as wide receiver one on this team and I don't think he has the talent to succeed individually at that he had solid games but he was I guess he had to play his wide receiver one when Adams went down two years ago but he just doesn't strike me as anybody that is going to be consistent even with the upside yeah and I'm not saying that he's like a ta- like I don't think I would even put the word talented on Alan Sark. Like and that's like that's pretty sad. <laughs> He's yeah, a body with exactly, a pulse. but like that's pretty the much most it. eligible body with the most eligible pulse to be wide receiver one for Aaron Rodgers. I'll take it. But all right, let's dive into one of our last uh, comparison rankings, and that is Jerry Judy. Almost twenty spots of difference, and you're basically on an island about this. And I really am excited to hear your case for Jerry Judy because you've been I've I can tell you've kind of been holding your take and you're ready to ready to explain it. So I got him at wide receiver twenty five. You got him barely cracking top fifty at wide receiver forty four. Yeah, he's wedged in between Chase Claypool and Chris Olave for me. So that <laughs> that's a pretty eye opening. What I don't like about Jerry Judy is well one the arrest. He didn't get the early work with Russ that the other guys did because the other guys went right into building chemistry with him. Even like KJ Hamler and Sutton were both working with him. But Judy is, I think he's likely to be more of their slot receiver. And Russ in his Seattle days, I don't know if it was scheming or not, does not like the middle of the field. He has a tendency to just kill tight ends. Jimmy Graham's career went in the toilet because of him. And then the likes of DK Metcalf and the deep ball on Tyler Lockett seem to thrive. And I think KJ Hamler is another sneaky guy to make him my sleeper because he's more Lockett-esque. He can get that deep ball, and Russ just mostly looks for the deep ball. And then guys like Sutton. Sutton and him have been compared between each other. I just think Sutton fits the mold of the receivers he Mm -hmm. looks for as those X guys on the outside. And that's why I think he'll get the nudge on that. Judy, I wanted to put him low because he has a high ADP, and I don't think he's worth that. Would you? I like the upside of the guys around him. He has a huge upside, too. It's just, it worries me. He's more of the route runner. He's more of the slot guy, and that is not... I don't know if Hackett's going to force Russ to change his ways and look yeah. towards the middle of the field rather than the outsides, but... I'm just not optimistic for him actually being successful in this system. I like Judy as a player, great route runner, all that. Just not the quarterback he needed to come to Denver for him to thrive. Only reason I, I mean, you got a lot of good points for sure. Only reason I got him at 25 is because he does have the chance to be the number one for 
Russell Wilson. So you like that upside a lot, obviously. But I mean, you didn't. I I definitely believe that Cortland Sutton is the guy over Jerry Judy. Um, he has proven it. He's made a Pro Bowl. He's got that thousand yard receiving season with nine touchdowns, I believe, almost cracking that double digit touchdown mark. With who was that QB that year? Teddy Bridgewater? No, uh, yeah. I think it was the year that might have been Teddy's first year. He was good. I was high on Sutton that year. I draft. I traded for him. I traded Calvin Ridley for him and Caden <laughs> day after, and Sutton tears his ACL week Bro. two, and then Ridley goes on for 1,400 yards. Yeah. That hurt. Yeah, that stinks. I was high on Cortland Sutton last year, too. and um, But, yeah, I mean, you got you got to take the chance with Jerry Judy, in my opinion. But also, I mean, playing in your favor, can Russell Wilson still support two fantasy-relevant wide receivers? Who knows? I mean, from what we saw last year, that probably not. Two-headed backfield, mm-hmm. too. With Javante Williams, who's going to be catching a lot of passes out of the backfield, for sure. Both can catch mm-hmm. passes. And I, I mean, and KJ Hamler, he's second round pick, investment. Like I mean, that's coming off an ACL tear. That's the only reason why we're forgetting that's about him. Not like round one, two. Like I know first rounders have like the glitz and glamour, but it's like basically the same type of investment, you know. So KJ Hamler has basically just as much likelihood to be the number one in this offense as Jerry Judy. So. I got. I'm definitely not as high on Jerry Judy as a lot of other people, um, but 44. That's way higher than me. Yeah, a little higher than you. But hey, man, I rock with the mindset. I rock with the mindset. All right. I had to have one eye. Yeah, for one. sure. Especially based <laughs> on ADP. You know, like my Steelers, like my Steelers defense. Yeah, yeah that's eye popping for sure. <laughs> but. We're a podcast. We need to draw interaction. They're called, uh, the, the young folk call them hot takes these days. Tends to get the views, apparently. But, alright. Let's dive in to some of our sleeper candidates at the wide receiver position. And Mitch, you mentioned him before. You got Sky Moore coming in as your sleeper. Take it away. This is my guy this year. I Someone has to replace Tyree Kill, and he's not Tyree Kill. But I think he is better than Nicole Hardman and the other options they have. Juju is probably going to be their slot receiver. Give that to him. But I think Sky Moore, they're going to find ways to get him involved. I've loved what I've seen from Camp and him. He's got pretty much everything in his route tree. He can run every route, does it smoothly. He's athletic. He's been taking jet sweeps and stuff like that. They're going to find ways to get this man involved, and he has shown out so far. I think he could easily end up being wide receiver one for this team this year. I mean, Kelsey's probably going to have the most targets, catches, and all of that, but in terms of true receivers, I think Moore is going to be ahead of the others. Yeah, big year ahead possibly for Sky Moore. I mean, who else is there? I, I have more faith in Sky Moore than MBS for sure. And Nicole, because yeah. Nicole can't. He couldn't catch a cold in Alaska in the middle of the winter. He's dead. He's been fantasy dead for a minute, dude. I've, I, I picked him up, I think, last... It's like, oh, he's so fucking fast, dude. So fucking fast. Oh, one... You get that random two-touchdown game out of him because he just takes the top off of a bad yeah. secondary. Speaking of uh, Chiefs wide receivers, 
that um, kind of got lost in the fold. Demarcus Robinson signed a contract with the Ravens today. So, what does that tell? Other viable options. Yeah, and also <laughs> kind of tells you maybe they weren't so confident about what they were seeing out of Rashad Bateman. Who knows? I feel like it'd be like not as confident out of Devin yeah. Duvernay. They're I don't deep think they'd be worried about their wide receiver yeah, one. Deep threat. So, all right, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, my wide receiver sleeper candidate. I've mentioned him before, and it is Romeo Dubs, dude. This guy's a fucking dog. He's been making highlight clips at camp. He's been beating guys. Like, I saw one clip specifically that he beat a guy, and he was so pissed that Jordan Love didn't hit him because he was, like, he had him by, like, four feet. And then he, like, he gets to the end of his route. He's, like, jumping up and down, like, shaking his hands. He's like, bro, I'm open. And I'm sure a guy like Aaron Rodgers loves to see shit like that. Like, he's pissed. Like, I want the ball because I'm fucking open. And it seems like with Aaron Rodgers, the way he's complaining about his receivers, like, now, right now, not a lot of those guys are open. But when it comes to Romeo Dobbs, Dubs, Dobbs, Dubs, I, I heard it's Dobbs. Like, I've heard both pronunciations. I, I think. think- like the PFF podcast started calling him. Yeah, because like he, I think he said at a, pre- a press conference, it's like always been Dobbs, but like Dubs is cool too. Like I mean, people have called me Dubs like in a college. <laughs> so, yeah. By it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this guy's fucking dog. A lot of criticism on Green Bay's wide receivers from Aaron Rodgers, but a clip from Aaron, from Aaron Rodgers on Romeo Dubs. Quote every single day. There's been at least one wow play from Romeo Dubs, and that's rare for a young guy like that. We've had some guys over the years do that, but they are all in the top 10 of Packers receiving history. Good start for him. That is a really nice compliment from a guy who's won back-to-back MVP awards and is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, who has seen a few good receivers in his time. I... does bode well for him because it sounds like he might be getting attention of Rodgers once he gets on the field. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mentioned it earlier with Lazard. It's the same concept here, dude. If we're clo- if I'm closing my eyes, putting the blindfold on, and taking shots in the dark at Green Bay wide receivers, I'm <sighs> have a smile on my face while doing it because one of these guys is gonna ball out. One of these guys is gonna have a thousand yards. I keep forgetting about Randall Cobb too. Cobb probably won't be a thousand yard guy, but he could be touched. I think Randall back. Cobb's more there to show the guys like, hey, this is how Green Bay receivers are supposed to act. Culture yeah, like guy. <laughs> he's Aaron Rodgers wanting to bring him in so that he could teach the young guys. Come on, that's a Kentucky legend, man. You gotta support him. No, I do support him. he's a great veteran in this league, but dude, <laughs> come on now. I used to I have a Randall I used to have a Randall Cobb jersey. I don't know where it is now. But um he was a dog. He was a dog. But Romeo Dobbs I've got him at wide receiver for well, you. Well, he was a cat, actually. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> See, a, a wild cat. Not just one of them small cats, you know. Don't don't play with me. But, um, yeah, Romeo... He's no house cat. <laughs> Romeo Dobbs comes in at wide receiver 48 for me. He was a fourth-round pick in this year's draft. Green Bay, a lot of success with later-round draft picks. In, uh, at the receiver position, they did draft Christian Watson, but he's missed most of training camp. So far, so I don't have a lot of optimism there. I mean, Aaron Rodgers seems like he wants to get these rookies in, like playing Green Bay football immediately. I don't think that Christian Watson's going to see the ball for a whole year. 
because training camp is so it's, important, especially to a guy like Aaron Rodgers. He seems like he'll be like MVS at best, like deep balls this first yeah, year. Maybe that's about it. Maybe, possibly. But in college, Romeo Dobbs went to Nevada, back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. In his senior season, he had 80 catches, 1,100 yards, and 11 tuds. So he's got the college production. He's got the compliments from one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And he's got the clips. He's got the opportunity. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Especially go go ahead and pick him up on waivers or make him a late-round draft pick in a 10-team league. I like my boy, Romeo Dubs. Or even in Dynasty. Just buy in. 100%. 100%. All right. Well, that just about does it, man. That was a solid fucking episode wrapping up around uh, two hours. But I am I mentioned in the uh, text group chat earlier, I was so horny to talk about football today, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have missed it so much. It's just been bundling yeah, up. You've been head, yes. knee, bottom, everything first into fantasy football. So you've been bottling yeah, it up. And I just, like, it was fun <laughs> to go through and see the differences in our fantasy rankings and talk about that. And we finally got to cover our uh, talk about our power rankings as they're now out in full. So that was a good time, but fuck yeah, man. I think right now the only one of ours I haven't seen is Jaden's, and that's probably pure strategy yeah, on his part. I don't part. give a shit, dude. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Like, I mean, it is what it is. Like, he was so shocked that I took Debo in the second round, but I was like, dude, you've had my list. I had him as my number five yeah. receiver. He's the best receiver I was thinking left. about Debo at my spot, but he didn't. <laughs> Obviously, you took him. So I like Because the ADP, he was going to probably maybe drop to my spot. And I had him as a potential pick, but but yeah, hell of an episode, dude. Oh, nice voice crack to finish her out. But um, but yeah, hell of an episode. Uh, we'll have another episode this uh, next week. We're gonna start coming out with the weeklies for sure, um, because football season is upon us, guys. We're in week two, uh, week two of preseason as we speak, and week three is coming up next week, and it's the last fucking week of preseason, dude. I'm excited. I'm excited. Big time. But Big time. That's been it for the boys at the Blitz. For Mitchell McDonald and Kane Schwartz, we'll catch you next week, man. Appreciate it. Catch you later.